Griffey Graham and Dr. Tim Graham here with you. A couple of evil Satanists that love to wrestle. I'm so... How have you been spending your week as a Satanist again? Uh, I'm depressed, Griff. I'm standing here. I'm staring into the acid pit. The acid pit is staring back into me. Ah. I wanted to use this acid pit so bad. I wanted to use it on the most satanic night, devil's night. Right. Well, we... I don't want to go into it. We found God. You know, it happens. It happens. It's a phase it ha- we all go through. Even the best of us. Marilyn Manson found God recently. Yeah, and I'm sure he's as sincere as we are. I can't wait for his uh, his uh, Jesus album, because you know yeah. he's going to do one. With Kanye. Yeah, there we go. He's, that's what he found God uh, with Kanye. God, yay. God, yay. Ye- Jesus. Isn't that what Jesus, he calls himself? Th- I think that's what he calls himself, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, like, I got to use this fucking pit, Griff. I paid one hundred forty-two dollars plus tax. Mm-hmm. They get you on the tax. They get you on the tax. That's Michigan tax. That's six cents on the dollar. Yeah, and I got to use it. I can't just throw apple cores in it. That's, well, it's du- wasteful. It, it is wasteful because that should be out, you know, in in Compost. the world. Composting. Yeah. yeah. So what are we gonna do with this fat? Like I, I know there was a moment of silence in my life recently, and all I could hear was the bubbling sound of that pit bubbling, of acid. Bubbling, burbling. Yeah, I got one guy I want to put in the acid pit. Um, he's been in the news a lot lately. Not real news, just okay. like wasteful news. Sure. He, I, in my opinion, he's the most least deserving of fame person I've ever seen in my life. There's a lot of them. He's out ginty there. level to me. Like he's on my Mount Rushmore. People I wanted to kick in the face. Like I have a very irrational, rational, irrational hatred of this guy. Where is the Mount Rushmore for shitty people? So Mount Rushmore's in what? North Stone Dakota? Mountain? Isn't that where all the Confederate version of the... the Stone the, Mountain? Yeah, isn't Stone Mountain, Georgia? Don't they have Georgia? The, con- the Confederate version of the I Mount Rushmore? I didn't know they there? did. Well, we need to blow it up. Okay. I'm speaking of one Mr. Pete Davidson. I hate this fucking guy. Is that the SNL guy? Yes. Oh. Is there anybody less, like, less deserving of fame than this guy? He's, he's, he has no talent. He looks like fucking Gollum. He's hideous looking. <laughs> All these hot chicks want to fuck him for some reason. I hate this motherfucker. His whole <laughs> shtick is, I suck, and and people love him for him sucking. And he's like, and and he's got the fucking dark circles. He's got the butthole eyes going on. <laughs> Jesus, it's like. By the way, that's my favorite Kim Carn song, Butthole Davidson Eyes. <laughs> Three people listening will get that reference. <laughs> Uh, I hate this fucking guy. He's fucking Kim Kardashian right now. What? Yeah. And like, and, I, and this is this is this is his move. I can just tell. Not only is he a piece of shit, I can tell he's a manipulative piece of shit because he's been milking his dad dying in nine eleven for the past twenty one fucking years. Twenty years. That's his shtick. So I can tell he's that guy. Like he'll be he'll he'll, he'll move in on the friend thing first, yeah. and then they'll be watching a movie, and then he'll he'll he'll. he'll, he'll, he'll muster up that tear and they go what's wrong pete 
It's my dad. <laughs> died twenty, and I, I tell him, and then he's, he's like, "Oh!" And then put your greasy head on my bosom, and then he's like, "Oh, <laughs> I fucking hate this guy." Go away, Pete Davidson. You don't deserve fame. You deserve oh. to be thrown in an acid pit. You know who I would throw in the acid pit? Very much in the news right now as well. I've been trying to call this man out because of his appearance on Jeopardy. And everyone was like, oh, he was so good. I said, no, he was fucking robotic and stiff as a motherfucker. Plus, he's one of these California guys. He's probably a crazy crystal mama in a daddy form. You know who I'm talking yeah, about. exactly what you're talking about. Motherfucking Aaron Rodgers. And now it's out that Griff he... Griff has an irrational hatred of Aaron Rodgers. I, have res- I had respect for him just because of his football uh, attributes. But He always kicks our ass. But then when he got on Jeopardy and people were asking me, like strangers and everything, man, you must really like uh, Aaron Rodgers. He did a good job. I was like, he's the worst. Fu- he couldn't function as a human being. Like, I struggle to come up with words all the time. Yeah. But this is a guy who was up there just like, yeah, it's uh, pretty good right there, what you did. It was hard for him to pretend he Gave a shit about the contestants. Exactly. And then he was like, yeah, I'm just going to retire and be the host of Jeopardy. I was like, motherfucker, if they made you the host of Jeopardy, I would stop watching Jeopardy because I couldn't look at him that long. So him and his whole story about how we talked to Joe Rogan and how we fucking eluded uh, the NFL how he, how he like tiptoed around it by saying I took I, precautions or something. I didn't. He didn't say I didn't get vaccinated. He, yes, he, what he said. Somebody asked him. Well, I guess Dak Prescott, of the Cowboys quarterback, said that's a HIPAA violation. He did that route, which is just amazing. When a journalist asked him, he did the conservative thing and said, "Oh, it's so good to not be Christian boys anymore to make fun of the evangelicals." Right. He said that that's a HIPAA violation, and it's fucking not. You're just stupid. Um. But Aaron Rodgers said, I'm immuna, immunized, immunized instead of saying I'm vaccinated. Right. But because everyone's enamored by Aaron Rodgers, they just let it go. They didn't follow up. No one well, raised their eyebrow like to it. It's not like he kneeled at a football game or something. Yeah, serious. that would be serious. Oh. So he, has, he doesn't get to play this week, so I'm going to try to fly him out here, say this is the Jeopardy Studios, you got the job, and I'm going to push him in the vat of acid. I wouldn't stand in your way. I wouldn't stand in my way. Well, I would I would stand you in the way to like show him the vat, vat of acid. Then you stick your leg out to trip him, and then he would fall in. I like that idea. I like it, too. So we know what we're going to do with the vat of acid. We just need to get him here. We just need to use this fucking vat of acid. I mean, it's just it's it's burning holes in our compound. I mean, it's not. <laughs> it's splashing everywhere, everybody. It's dangerous. <laughs> and I'm constantly getting like little, like, Droplets, yeah, and shit burning my pants. And uh, yeah, no, we're we go we get, we're gonna be going out to. A I mean, shit. I don't like. I mean, look, we're exhausted from Rucker. We we love our guests. We're gonna have you back on, but we're exhausted. It's we're exhausting so exhausted. from us. We're not gonna have any guests probably for the rest of the year. Maybe maybe a tippy tap. I don't know. Maybe, we'll see. but it's exhausting, and we don't want to have to do another one just to have another reason to use the acid pit. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, maybe people, anybody got suggestions who they want to throw in the acid pit? Let me know. <laughs> but, Grip, we got to bounce back. We, we we did the Jesus thing last week, and we need. Before we get to the movie, we got, we got other things we need to what get out of the way. What else we got to talk about? Oh, well, we got to talk about fucking one of our favorite guests of all time. The, the uh, fucking genetic jackpot, Joel Coleman. Oh, I, I was gonna, I, thought, I thought we were talking about the end of the episode, but oh well, no. Let's just do it in the top of the half. Okay. The genetic jackpot's an AEW superstar now. Yeah, 
He I'm, got. I'm he happy got happy for him. He fought out about fucking time. People realize yeah. what a talent the guy is. So if you want to look up the uh, dark that AEW dark episode that's yeah, I on got YouTube, the, I got the link on our, our Twitter. Okay, so. awesome. So you'll go check that out. See uh, Joe Coleman wrestle. Uh, I don't want to force you guys to watch AEW wrestling. So the, it's match right st- at the, the match starts at the four minute mark. Was it four minutes? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was like fifteen because there was the FTR no, interview it, before no, it. No, it was four minutes. Okay, four minutes according to Murray. But it's right at that top half. I know that much. Beautiful match. Well, not beautiful. He got his ass kicked. All right. You know, but it looked like... Santana. But he got his ass kicked by main eventers. He didn't get his ass kicked by jobbers. I, that's the thing. It's like... These guys were... I think these guys were tag team champions. The big, time, Yeah, tag they? team champions. Biggest competition so no shows. Exactly. He's just got to train a little more nature is what I told him. I yeah, said, you looked a little definitely. rusty. You got to get in nature a little bit more. And Joe respects that. And I respect Joe. We gotta go see. We're gonna go see him uh, working some nature tonight, and I can't wait for that. Oh my god, we're gonna we're gonna go to uh, downriver. We're gonna be downriver. This is true. It's called. That's known as Detroit's Appalachia downriver, <laughs> and we're gonna see some some people. We are. So I want to tell you about a movie I watched as well. This is gonna be a <laughs> fucking loaded ass front <laughs> half. I know. It'll especially be especially how long our notes are. I know. Yeah, everyone, uh, get your catheter in now. Yeah, get it in. <laughs> Five, four, three, two, catheter. Catheter. So I watched a movie that was taking the spirit of David Hess and putting it into a TV movie. It's called The Plumber. It's an Australian movie. Fucking check out this movie. Hour and ten minutes. Beautiful length to this movie. I'm glad movie. you're bringing up Australian movies because we're going to do an Australian movie next now, week. I'm uh, not going to get into it now. We'll get into it in the end. But, I should have brought yeah. it up next week, but anyway, who the fuck yeah. cares? If you haven't seen The Plumber... Go look for this fucking movie. It is Joe the so Plumber. Just the Plumber. It, oh, it's not a docu series on Joe the Plumber. That, what was what? What year was that? Tw- that was like that was like two thousand eight. Yeah, yeah. Obama. One. God, that was so. He's silly. probably a senator now in some southern state. Probably full Q and on. Oh my God, the Plumber is so good. This guy has got the curly David Hess hair. It's a little bit longer. There's no there's no rape when in this. When did this come out? Seventies. Okay. Oh man, it was so good. And just the creep factor, he nails it. Very David Hess. So big recommendation for the plumber. Now we can talk about. Universal yeah, we Soul. we got to bounce back, and we and we're not we're we're bouncing back like a motherfucker because we don't give you one superstar. You're getting two in one movie. Right. This is like when you go to the vending machine and you try to get the chips, but it knocks down something on the way down, and you get two treats for the price of one. Right. This is it. Dolph Lundgren's the hanging treat. Right. And, of course, the star, the thing you picked, JCVD. Right. We haven't done him in a while, man. It's been a while. It's been a good while. Lionheart, as we talked about. It's been a while. And I grew up with this movie. I was just talking to my sister about it yesterday because all I remember, Ice Bath. I remember him kicking. I remember him injecting himself with the Red Bull serum straight to the heart. And he's to blame because he did it to himself. I remember all these things. What I don't remember is... Multiple gratuitous butt shots. Yeah, this is the most spectacular Jean Claude movie ever. Right, multiple and, butt shots. Usually, you just get that one one shot. Yes, and he had the perfect built-in excuse to just coat his whole body in glute gloss. Yeah, he went overboard. Like people, be sparingly with a glute gloss. Yeah, you don't want it to drip. You, you can, want it to glisten. You don't want it to drip. Exactly. And his ass was dripping. Is well, he's trying to play it off as sweat, but oh my god, we know that we know that goopy we know gl- that texture. Sheen. Yeah, that yeah, sheen. Yeah, we well, we invented it for fuck's sake. Well, yeah, exactly. 
But yeah, there's a lot of butts. A lot of butt. Full nude walking around. They're you, well, when you have Dolph Lundgren, the largest dick on a man I've ever seen. Do you think that's what it was? Like, yes. he had seen the crow. Can, Little China or, uh, big, Tokyo. Big showdown in Little Chinatown. <laughs> yeah. He saw that, and he was like, I have to step it up. Yeah. Because he can't make his dick longer, obviously. Use your dick's what your dick is. Yes. And so he's like, I got to my, use my ass sets. Yes, exactly. And he just... Shine up those cheeks, those glutes. He's I, doing lunges for like fucking days, months. I, <laughs> I called my contacts who were working on this movie. The hotel keeper was supposed to be Brandon Lee because only Brandon Lee could convince everybody that he, John Claude actually had a better dick than Dolph because Brandon Lee delivered the line. And you know, everyone knows that line was ad libbed. He saw Dolph's I rec- dick. I recognize the hotel keeper. He was, uh, I don't remember his name. He's a perfect creep. He was the guy, he was on Hercules and Xena. He was like this con man character. I don't remember his name. He had a beard on the show. Okay. But yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a perfect His name creep. is Robert Trebber because it's Robert and then Trebber is Robert Backwards. That's his name. Oh, he always okay. plays creeps, though. Yeah, he's so good at it. Yeah. He's got like the perfect dark air- eyebrows balding, and like white hair, balding, kind of fat. We know these hotel. Ki- We're, I'm learning something new. We always talk about the wharfs, the docks, the the abandoned buildings. We don't talk enough about evil innkeepers because we don't th- talk enough about desert gas stations. No, we've been talking about the last <laughs> four weeks. I'm Be- just saying, as a as a trope, nobody talks about it, and we've discovered that it's a trope. Yes. We've done four movies now in a row, I think, where we're in, like, Hitcher World, where we're on uh, one road in Desert Town and Desert Gas Stations with fucking luxurious bathrooms that are, like, five times the size of any bathroom I've ever been in. Bigger, they're like the fucking... Uh, I'm, I'm, like, I'm guessing this because I never watched the show. It's like the fucking telephone booth and Doctor Who. Isn't that oh, like yeah, a thing yeah, yeah. we go and they in walk and in. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that. I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. that sounds right. And I've we're never nerds. watched. Yeah, we're in nerds. I, I've never watched it. Yeah. I'm too busy watching these movies. Right. <laughs> and you, the plumber. <laughs> really? That's all I can do. I'm lucky enough to just watch the movie we're doing every week. I, I don't know. Where does the time go? I have no... I, I have full, no full, uh I, I have no life. Yet somehow I can never get anything done. I can barely watch these movies. <laughs> Full disclosure? Is that Full what you're disclosure. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we got to get that energy back up. <laughs> we need to get in. Well, we're going to get into this movie because we got a lot to cut through. So, everybody, Americans, you're never getting universal health care, but you're going to get a universal soldier trailer right now. It was a top-secret government project. Pac-Man eyes. All of them. Designed to create the perfect soldier. No man would ever again have to die in the service of his country. Cryogenically preserved. Okay, guys. Memory clearance. Genetically enhanced. How's the picture? Pretty ugly. Very funny, very funny. Programmed to obey. They're at the tower. Okay, okay, here we go. Who are these guys? 30 hostages held inside the power station at the base of the structure. I said shut up! Go inside. Begin phase two. This marks the third successful mission for the Universal Soldier. But there was something they didn't count on. He's not responding. GR-44, do you read me? At the end of the mission, he became completely unresponsive. Inside the machine is a man. Do you really think the Pentagon would allow the regeneration of dead soldiers? Stop the girl. Shoot if you have to. And all it takes... Veronica Roberts, TNA. ...is one memory. 
awaken him. Let's go! Hit it! Traitor. Universal soldier. What the hell did they do to you? Don't know. But I'm going to find out. One can't be controlled. Buckle up. The other. Cannot be stopped. This mission has been canceled. I'm giving the orders from now on. I'm gonna teach them all. Are we having fun yet? The ultimate weapons of the future have declared war on each other. Jean-Claude Van Damme, Dolph Lundgren. Universal Soldier. Stop. That is an order. All right. We're back. And, Nam, I feel like we were just... Born on a bayou. It's got to be born on the bayou. It's got to be. Well, and fits because his character, Luke Devereaux, was born on the bayou. <laughs> literally. Chance Bordeaux, Luke Devereaux. That's his thing. He's uh-huh. always got to have like a French last name. He's always got to be a Cajun. A Cajun. Because, yeah. Because he's a soldier. We, Ameri- he's an American soldier. We're going to talk about it later, but we've also found another Jean-Claude trope that I never noticed until we started doing these movies for the show. So, deep, we're just fucking right into the nom things. 1969. The summer of 69. Brian Adams. We all loved it. Mm-hmm. And the guy, uh, they're in a battle. They're in a village. It's actually filmed on a golf course, but it was. <laughs> and so we see this guy coming up to Luke going, Sergeant's lost and he's killing everybody. And he's taken off. And then Luke, you can tell Luke's a responsible one. He's like, what is going on? I must investigate. Well, yeah, he's doing the whole like, I'm willing to put this all behind me because I just want to go home. Right. Uh, my mama, my papa in the bayou. Yeah, exactly. I my, want some, some gumball. And don't forget about Uncle. Uncle, I can't remember his name from Hard Target. <laughs> yeah, don't either. Uncle Wilfred. <laughs> Uncle Wilfred Brimley. I Brimley. need my jambalaya. Oh. I need to go to the, desert, the deserted streets of uh, New Orleans. With people being haunted. <laughs> so he has to investigate. Cause like you said, he wants to get the fuck out of here, man. He's done his tour. They're two days away. They're the same. They're they're in the same platoon as Rucker Howard's Blind Fury character. They're just two mm-hmm. hours away. That's right. And th- we know this is an innocent village. It just so happens that Rucker manages to hide. God, how does this work into the Rucker universe? But it does. You see him in the background. He, of course, gets stuck there, and, and he almost became a unisoul. Right. Rucker was so close. Yes. I wonder what they could have done for his blind eyes. They probably, well, he could have fixed them because they put cameras in them. <laughs> so he sees our villain of the movie, a, a twist for, well, no, I guess not because Dolph's claim to fame was he was Drago, so I guess he's used to playing villains. Yeah. But he's, this is a different villain. He's a, he's a, he's, he's Sergeant. Andrew, Andrew Scott. Andrew Scott. That's right. And he's lost. He's full blown lost. He's got the fucking ear necklace. Well, what, our first glimpse of him is a close up of him preparing that necklace of ears, mm. and you could tell he's gone full insane. 
And then they like cut up and they're just showing you like a profile, but it's like a close up of his ear because he's got this weird. What like, was that? It was like a little braid. He he like clipped something into his hair. <laughs> like a roach clip with a feather. I mean, yeah, it was it was very uh, like a little Mister. Because he does that later thing. in the movie. I'm like, yes, he does. What's going on with it? There's, I like what they do with memory in this movie. I do really appreciate. There's a lot that. of callbacks to Nam in this. Yes, movie. I, I I like it because it reminds me of like a PKD kind of uh, toss in there. So he's got a young man and young woman at gunpoint. And Luke is like, Sarge, we need to, do not kill them. They're innocent. All these people are innocent. How could you kill them? We're two days away, two hours away from my tour being over. I had to kill them. They wouldn't listen. The war never ends. He doesn't want to leave, dude. He's fucking Kurtz, dude. He's like, yes. I want to fucking stay. Yes, and he's... Apocalypse. Now he's got he uh, look, he's not calling these people an offensive word, a racist word here. But I think we can go ahead and say he's a racist because he is saying all these brown people are traitors. Is that well, is that a hate yeah. crime or yeah. do you have to say a racist word while you murder them? I think it's a hate crime. OK, so he's committing all these hate crimes on these people, and he's like, look at them all. Do you see how they look at us? They're traitors. Everybody's a traitor. What about our own guys? They're traitors, too. And then he goes, Private, I want you to kill these two people. I cannot do that, Sarge. Traitor! And then he just He fuck. shoots the man in the face. Right. Murders him. The woman that was with the guy being held hostage, she gets up and runs away. And Luke screams at her, run, run. And they're out the door, and Luke falls over because, I mean, there's it's rained so much. You know, he's sunk into the ground. Thankfully, my lawn's finally kind of yeah, <laughs> solidified because um, it's often like that. And so he's falling over, and he's yelling at the woman to run. But for some reason, and it gets a call back in this movie, is that when women hear Luke yell, run, they're like, wait, what did you say? And they stop, and they just stare. It's the accent. It's the it accent. confuses them. Where is that accent from? <laughs> and so, yeah, she gets grenaded. She gets blown up. I love this. Also, gets a callback in this movie. I love that Sarge's move is to full on grenade people. Yeah, he loves throwing grenades. I, 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 I they should add a little backstory where he was like gonna be like he got drafted for okay. like a, a baseball team, sure. and then he got then he got drafted for the army, and that's why he's so pissed off. Okay, he was gonna make millions of dollars. Yeah, he was a star center fielder all through high school. He was in college first. His rookie season, they were talking about drafting him because he had a cannon in the outfield. He was hitting dingers. He was a switch hitter. He could steal a base. He could. Oh my god! You, you. We won't even talk about his war. But we will talk about his war. So Luke goes, no! And then he's, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm wrong. I thought bayonets went out with like World War One. I. I thought they did too. But you see, he's so into <laughs> World War One because he's a French boy, you know? <laughs> he wasn't wearing a gas mask, too. Yeah. And so he guts fucking Sarge right in the stomach with that bayonet. Well, that's probably why, because it's French, bayonet. <laughs> So and then he kills and then 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 Sarge pulls his gun out and then he just they blast each other. They're yeah, just, they just unload on each other. Right, and they're just shooting each other up and everything. They both drop down and you're like, okay, they're both very dead. Yeah, now. you're like the movie must be over. What what? This is a ten minute movie. Wow. Right. Uh. So camera just kind of pulls up, zooms out, and next thing you know, we got a chopper coming in. Daytime. It's looking like. You know, smoldering ashes everywhere, seeing all the ruins. And uh, it, it, this new commanding officer comes out, and he's 
assessing the situation. Got a couple people noticing, you know, Dolphin. They're like, the whole platoon has been wiped out. What are we going to do? We got to call this in. No. Nobody died. They're all MIA. Pack these bodies on ice and get them out of Get them on the chopper. And that's what they do. They throw them in body bags. Of course, there's before they zip up the bag for uh, Jean-Claude, they just get a quick... We just linger on his face for his a little angelic while. angelic little face. Exactly. And then we hit right into the opening credits. And did we point out, this movie was directed by Roland Emmerich, who I fucking hate. I think he does garbage movies. He's famous for doing Independence, Independence Day. Day. And the worst Godzilla movie ever made. I've was never, that the 97 one? I don't know what you got in the 90s. I, yes. Yeah. I, uh, I've never seen it. I never will because it's garbage. I, this guy sucks. Back to the movie. <laughs> So we're like in the desert, in the Nevada desert. Did it before we get off Roland Emmerich or whatever his name is? Yeah. Did it, this help you at all with him? This movie? No, I think I think Jean Claude carried it. I think okay. if you didn't have Jean Claude's charisma, in it. did you like Dolph as the villain in this? Dolph, this is my thing with Dolph. I want to like Dolph. I really do. All right. I mean, he's Swedish. I'm Swedish descent. I want to fucking you know support my Swedish boy. Right. He's got the look. He's actually one of the few tall fucking action stars. Yeah. He's got the square jaw, but he just dude has no. He just doesn't have charisma to me. He just, he's just a blank slate. The grocery to me. store scene does nothing for you. Uh, I mean, it's okay. I, okay. Okay. So uh, like, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. I got maybe I need to immerse myself more into Dolph's oeuvre. I think you need to stay further away from Dolph. <laughs> I think you just need to slowly welcome him into your life. And maybe nibbles of Dolph. Yeah, if you try to overwhelm yourself with Dolph, you're gonna hate him. Okay. Okay. So we're in present Nevada. The credits have finished rolling, Murray. Yes. So we're in present Nevada. Present Nevada. We see a chopper land down. It's got. It's carrying something like a big container. I think. Yeah, it was like a container within a container within a container. Loading it. it yeah. It opens up, and I go. There's a semi. Like I've seen the semi before. It's fucking Goliath, dude. Straight out of fucking oh, Night Rider. Night Rider. Right on the flats. The, you know, uh, you know, like they were in Night Rider when they were testing out Goliath. Dun, out dun, Goliath. Dun, dun, and then dun, dun. Goliath starts transforming. Like, is this Optimus fucking Prime? Is the trailer going to dis- disappear magically? What the fuck's going well, on? Well, Night Riders here? is '80s. It's been ten years, man. Of course, the fucking Goliath technology is just gone <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Now, let's talk about this, because it's like a triple-wide fucking vehicle. Well, it's got a whole lab in it. Exactly. It's so fucking big. And on the inside, like the Doctor Who <laughs> machine, the TARDIS? I thought it was, yeah, I don't know what it's I think it's called, called the I thought TARDIS. it was just like a phone booth. I don't know. Yeah, the phone. But, it, again, it's just like that, where you, when you look at it from the outside, it's just like a normal truck. Just wide enough for the lane. But then when you get inside, it's like a fucking triple-wide RV. Yeah. It's crazy big. And there's like fucking like uh, steam coming off it or cold whatever what, what, what do you call the cold version of steam? <laughs> Frost. Uh... I don't know. It's supposed to represent cold. All I'm saying. I don't know. We don't know our words. We don't know our words. But yeah, we're like okay, this is cool. There's a terrorist event happening at the Hoover Dam, and we we see uh, our man Colonel Perry. Played by last time we saw this guy in the, on the in the in the theater, he was losing his mind watching Mr. Joshua burn his arm with a bic lighter and lethal weapon. That's the same <laughs> yes, guy. Yes, yes, yes. He, now he's he's cleaned up. He's a, he's a colonel now, and he's running the U- Unisol. That's what they call it. Unisol uh, program. Yep. 
and they're 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 they're, they're, they're testing it out. This is like they're trying to get the public opinion on their side. This is this is like the new thing. They're, oh, it's they're, it's weird how they're trying to get this into the public because they're like showing you, but they're not. So know. my question is, did it take t- 25 years to advance this technology? How did they keep these bodies fresh? I know. Yeah. I mean, I, I think what the issue they ran into was the last war we had. This movie came out in 92, meaning it was probably made in 91. 91 is when the Gulf War happened. So they were making it. They could, I guess they technically could have made them Gulf War, Gulf war vets. Mm-hmm. But our last war was Vietnam. So it was like, that was 25 years earlier. So like. You know, I don't know. I guess they had to make them Vietnam soldiers. Right. But so it, I think what they're trying to tell us is basically they has, had to have this technology for in 25 years ago. They had to, some kind of cryogenics to, going Yeah, on. exactly. Some kind of Frankenstein technology to keep these people alive to the point where they were still functioning today. Just improved upon. But they had to get these people alive back then. And then we want to point out, we see them. They come out of the, the uh, semi, Goliath. Yes. And we want to point out they're... Technically, they're zombies, is what they are. They're yes. reanimated corpses. Yeah, they're Frankenstein. But they're cyborgs because the sound effects are out. You know, yeah. the, the cliche sound. We we go with cyborg robot. And they're doing like they they decided it needed a Borg headpiece kind <laughs> yes. of thing. So they give them Borg like piece, yeah. these awful headpieces. But they have like a camera, and then they have like a mounted thing over their eyeball. Then they have a little mic. And we what we see Luke and uh, Sarge. They're both in this unit together, and we even see the other people from Nam. They're also in this unit, but they're like we don't recognize them because they're like zombies. They just have blank looks on their faces, very blank. And they're walking up, and they're doing like a quick check down to make sure there's a visual in the in the Goliath wagon. Because we all, there's also another familiar face that gets really shafted in this movie. Absolutely shafted. <laughs> Zeus from No Hold Bar, Tiny Lister, is one of the Unisols. Gets no lines, barely in it. Yeah. Doesn't get to, I don't think he gets to kill anybody. No, he gets blown the fuck up. You see him getting operated on. You see him being drug around, dragged around, and he's just, like, disheveled and everything. Yeah. And then we also get a guy, I think he's been in a few movies. He's never starring in anything, but he was a goon and cyborg. He's, like, this big German guy. He's like the, I think he's the biggest guy in the movie, actually. Possibly. That might have been a Norris. He was. Seven, there was a Norris credited in this he's movie. He's known it. No, he was a, I know he's German for a fact. Okay. But I don't know his name. Uh, he's 74. That's his name in the movie. Yeah, yeah, his yeah. His number. So everybody numbers. has GR74. Uh, John Claude is like 43, I he's think. He's 44. 44. I don't remember what Sarge is. But 13? Why not? So yeah, they're 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 coming out. There's they got a there's a rescue mission. There's people being held hostage at the Hoover Dam. We get a little cut inside. We see you know these people operating it at everything. One guy really hamming it up. One of the guys like he's like right in the foreground. He's like, <laughs> it's like dude, chill. All right, <laughs> you know, I know it's your big fucking shot. You know, you're right in the fucking frame. Chill out. Yeah. They're wearing, so we're it. assuming they're 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 Middle Eastern. They're wearing ski masks. We don't know. It might be Hispanic. I don't know. What, what's that gang? MS-13? MS-13. They might be them. Might be know. MS-13. And we're like, these are they're bad hombres is what they are. Right. And so now we're going to introduce, uh, well, we got this CNA crew. CNA. One wink. Of the, wink. One of our television crews. They're, they're here to do a coverage of the terrorist situation. Well, we got a superstar here. And we know her name's, her, her name's Ronnie. Veronica, but she's called Ronnie throughout the movie. 
and we can tell she's she does she flies by the seat of her pants. She's a free spirit, but when she takes her her journalism seriously, you know I know that Griff because she drives in in a station wagon. First of all, very weird car for a woman. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't put this woman into a station wagon. I I think she's fucking like living out of it. That might be. I think she's kind of trying. She's living the the station wagon life. I I think she is. I think she's trying to be like this fucking hardcore journalist. And I well, she's hardcore, Griff, because she's wearing a fedora with a little piece of paper that says "press" on it. So we know she's a journalist. Yeah. And so, but she's also free spirit because she's wearing some some baggy '90s shorts. Yes. Fresh white Reeboks. Yeah. And like a billowy, pillowy kind of shirt. Right. And so she's got a jacket there. And she's got the cigarette hanging because she's a hard, tough journalist. And, of course, she's got the uh, whatever they call it. Oh, I forget what those sunglasses are called. The military ones. Can't think of them. But we So she's got – she's just like puts out the cigarette. All right, I'm ready. Throws a blazer on. Her her nerd uh, cameraman Huey is like, aren't you gonna take off those fresh white Reeboks? She's like, just above the waist. Yep. Her beleaguered editor is there for Chuck. some reason, and he's just like, oh, not Ronnie again. She's doing her thing. Yep. And then she just fucking spits fire into the mic. It's what, like one take. Yeah. Doesn't have to write down her lines. She doesn't have to practice it. She shows up. She knows what she's doing. She knows the story. She's got the bullet points thought out in her head. She doesn't have to go backstage and work on it with anybody else. But you got to remember, Griff, this is 92. This is a very unenlightened time. So Chuck, is that his name? Chuck. Chuck immediately pinches her ass when he's done. Yeah. And is like, what did I tell you about wearing those fresh white box? I want you in high heels. Yes. I want you in fuck me pumps. I want you in fuck me pumps. <laughs> I don't like these. I don't like these junky shorts you're wearing. They look too comfortable. I want. I want. I don't. A good... I can't even tell what if you're a man or a woman. They get, they're not form fitting at all. Exactly. I want tukas. Here, here's, want here's some bicycle tukus. shorts. Please put these bicycle shorts on. <laughs> and she's like, I'm not going to do it. I'm a journalist. He's like, Oh yeah. Well, you're fired because you could do that back then. Now walk off a dam, bitch. Walk. So she she scurries off. Then not she's she's like she's there's a story here, and her she's like I don't care if I'm if who I'm working for. There's a story here. I'm a journalist. I'm gonna find it. Yeah, she she's like well now that you know it's like the cop getting fired early in the movie. It's like well fine now I can work on my own. My hands right. are no longer tied. Right. So yeah, he did demand her gun and badge too. He's like yes. I want your gun badge and your fedora. Yeah. You don't get that press. You don't get that <laughs> no, press. She's piece. not a member of the press anymore. Exactly. Because you know, if you have a hat with a press thing, they have to let you in. They have to let you in. Yeah. We use that to get everywhere. Well, yeah, it well, works we're, well, today. Yeah, it does. Our good friend told us that one. That was a good tip. So now we see like a tomahawk helicopter flying in, dropping the Unisaws into the fucking water. They're just diving in the water. Why are you dropping a mile out? Because they can swim. Mile fast. and a half. Mile and a half. And he's like. These people are going to die. We only have eight minutes. You can't swim a mile and a half in eight minutes. And he's like, you haven't seen the unisols yet. Oh, boy. And you got that rapid coolant uh, because they right. overheat when they're working. Yeah, very, very bad mission to send somebody in the desert if getting sweating is their Achilles heel. So I mean. here's the thing that I have to bring up now because I'm just thinking about it and I couldn't stop thinking about it. I'm an adult watching this movie now so of course I'm wondering how did these guys fuck because they can get their dick up. We know this because John claude gets his dick up. Does he? Yes. That was a, that was a, you know, they oh. allude to that. Okay. So, there's blood flow Riga happening Mortis. there. Well, Riga Mortis. There's blood flow happening there because it goes down and up so he can control it still. 
Does that mean does can he, he control? Still? We don't know if he can control it. I can't even control it. Uh, so I. Were we getting it? We'll bookmark this. We'll bookmark okay. this. We'll come back to it later. So they're diving in it, and they swim in like three minutes. They swim a mile and a half. Yeah, in uh, full gear, everything. I don't. I don't know why they. Well, I guess because they didn't want the terrorists to see them coming. Yeah. So that we get we get various shots of like the police with their sniper rifles, like seeing the guy just slowly creep we up. See the terrorists shoot a couple people and throw them out. Of the yeah, room. we do see the terrorists. They they mean business. They got about thirty different hostages and they're killing a couple of them to show everyone they mean business. And then we see our boys, the Unisaws. They're like repelling up and down the dam and everything. Yeah, it's, it's a very a- dumb plan. I want to say. It is a plan. <laughs> I don't know if I'd call it a good one. So uh, Sarge is the first person who gets up on the dam with the terrorists. And there's one terrorist who's just, like, sitting outside. And Sarge is just, like, standing to the side of him. But the guy doesn't think to turn or whatever. He's so, wearing desert camouflage. You're He's right. So you can't see him. Right. So Sarge, because they're not allowed to do anything without authority. Like, right. they, they are uh, they're robots. They're robots. And so he's just sitting there. Clear shot, permission to murder, and they give him permission, so he shoots the head off one guy, one terrorist. Yeah, they all, it's all headshots. That's how crack these guys are. Yeah. And then that's when we watch um, as Luke and Sarge go running down the dam. This was, this was pretty cool. This is a cool shot, too. And they find some kind of access tunnel that gets them back up there. I... I didn't even think about that, they, they how go they got a, back They up. go in a tunnel, I know that. Well, we see well, 74 and Luke go down this tunnel. Because 74, he's a distraction. Because he's got the maintenance man outfit. We do get a couple kills outside. I forget what yeah. they do. I think they just break their necks. Yeah. Because there's two guys at the bottom of the dam not getting sniped for some reason. Yeah, well, that's, that, 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 that's to tell you that, that this isn't all it's uh, cracked up to be. Because Sarge snaps the dude's neck. And they're like... He likes this shit. Like they're like seeing like he's not he's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. Well, he he snapped his neck without permission, and then he gave him a Rudy Ray rub out, and that's when it's like he's got a little sass to him. Yeah, I like it, but still, yeah, check into that. So like the nerds working there are getting worried, but Perry's digging it. He's like, this is working because this is his idea, dude. And he's like, he's trying to sell this to the media that you know we need to invest in the Unisols. Right. Right. This is the whole publicity stunt. It's basically what it is. Yeah. And actually, apparently, according to my IMDb's, it really was, in this original script, it was a publicity stunt. Those guys were actors, and they actually killed these guys, the terrorists. They mm-hmm. weren't real people. They were actors. Oh, they okay. weren't real terrorists. So it was supposed to be a publicity stunt, but they changed it for the movie where it really is terrorists. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so they get in. So this is their plan. 74... Puts on like a coverall, Michael Myers coverall, yep, and a Nathan. hard hat, and he's yep. got his. He's going to work. He's got his lunchbox. He's got his lunchbox, and he's just going to walk toward them. Yes, and, and they're going to shoot him as you'd expect them to do when he tells them to stop, and he doesn't stop. And we see the Goliath, the headquarters. Their view, like we're watching them in that horrible fucking camera footage they have. <laughs> they, it's not even 180p uh, 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 quality here. It's, it's scattery. It's, it's, it's gas station quality. It's gas station. Gas quality? station uh, closed circuit TV quality. Oh yeah, yeah, there we go. Where it's, you can't see any. Like, why do they have these cameras? You can never see anybody murdering somebody. It's a step above scramble porn, is what they're <laughs> seeing here. They have to read it like the Matrix. But they're like, okay, we got two. 
they, they there was a triangle formation here. They had two uh, terrorists right up front, and then they had one further down the hallway in the back. Then they had a, the wall just lined up with hostages, and so that's what they're using seventy four for. And seventy four just keeps on walking, and they're like, "You you need to stop now, or we're gonna fucking murder you." And that's just what they, they, they do. We're standing our ground, and you know when you say you're gonna stand your ground, you can't even terrorists know the law. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course they do because they that's how they break it. They I mean, it. that's true. How do you know you're breaking them off? You don't know the law. <laughs> yeah. You can't. But I so mean, they unloaded seventy four. Seventy four no sells it, just falls down. <laughs> but behind them, we got fucking Sergeant Luke. Well, yeah, because the terrorists keep walking. They're like, "Is there anybody else coming down these hallways?" And that's when they pop this out. Is their fucking plan. <laughs> the guys in disguise. He's just there to get shot, and our two heroes are just behind them. That's the fucking plan. It's the most stupidest fucking plan. But I guess we got guys who can be shot. Why not? Why not? So Sarge fucking, I guess he shoots some of them. Yeah, yep. He sh- I think he shoots all of them. Yeah, I think I think it was like one. they each share a kill or whatever. But then he looks down. Him and Luke look down. And we see this young Asian couple. The same actors from the beginning of the movie, okay. by the way. So... Our man Luke has a fucking PTSD flashback to Nam again. So we see, he's like, I recognize these people. Sarge is like, they all look the same. He's a racist. We pointed it out earlier. Yeah. He's just looking at their ears. And, <laughs> and Luke, I do love Sarge's ear. At, Dolph did a good job with the ears. Like, he's constantly reaching for people's ears. I love caressing it. Caressing the lobes. Yes. So good. So good. And he's like, I'm glad you don't have a hoop there. And so, like, Luke is like, yeah, he comes, does not compute. Does not compute. Yeah, he comes out of his uh, his PTSD flashback, and the people in the Goliath are trying. Gr forty four, gr forty four, respond. Res- He's not responding, and he turns around, and Sarge is just giving it like they just had a shared experience or something. Right, because he had the same thing. Yeah, yeah, he had his own PTSD. Yeah, but he enjoyed his exactly. And so we're like, uh oh. So now we cut to we're at the Hoover Dam. The media's all around Colonel Perry, and he's just eating it. He's eating it up. He's like, huge success. This is our third mission. We no casualties. We rock. Universal soldier is the way of the future. Right. And again, he's not telling them everything. They think these are real humans. They're just super special ops. Like they're just like, no, we just take them and train them in nature. And everyone's like, yeah, that makes sense. That checks out. Right. And of course, they avoid vaccines. The special of special forces, the specialist of forces, the specialist of forces. Are. Yes. So Veronica, she's just like, I smell a story here. This is something, something got kosher going yeah. on. Yeah. And so as all the media leaves, she hides behind a cactus or something, right. and they don't notice her in her station wagon. And uh, apparently, Huey got fired too because he's with her, her cameraman. Oh yeah, he did come with her. He maybe just, in solidarity, quit. You know, maybe or maybe he's just a freestyle, you know, freelancer. Could be. He's a, he's a gig worker. He's, a he's gig. he might just be a gig worker. Yeah, <laughs> he's got no skill other than holding the camera up. Or maybe he's trying to get with Veronica. That could be it. Probably, yeah, that's probably it. Hey, you could stay with me and my mom in our apartment. <laughs> <laughs> sure thing, kid. Pats him on the head. So she follows him back to their desert compound base. I, it's just basically nothing. It's just Goliath in the middle of the desert. Yeah, there's like an airstrip and everything too. And she puts on her uh, her leather New York jacket. Yes, 
Very, it was. I was like, I could see Dusty wearing one of those. <laughs> if he got it for free. And three sizes larger and free, of course. It's the right and price. And of course, we, she's an investigative journalist. She's just snooping around. She's looking at shit. She sees this very... It's a, it's a sarcophagus. It is a sarcophagus. And she's just like, hmm, that looks like a sarcophagus. <laughs> Let me check that out. So she sneaks up on it, opens it up. And it's 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 a beer cooler basically. Yeah, it's it's uh, GR seventy four. I think was in there. Yeah, the guy yeah, got shot up yeah. on the mission, and he's just full. Yeah, you're Naked, like you said, just laying in ice, full of ice and everything. And so she starts taking pictures, and the flash irritates him, and his eyes open up, and there's a good jump scare, and she freaks out. He does the Frankenstein move where he gets up? Mm. I w- would you have liked it? Because he hinges at the waist. That's good. It's very Undertaker, very uh, Kane. A lot of core strength to do a that. A lot of core strength to do that. Would it have been nice if he did a, a nice Nosferatu where he just <laughs> hinged at the feet? That could have been fun. But it, fun. it scared Veronica where she trips over and just her landing on her little non-existent booty. Remember last week when we didn't swear? That was fun. Booty uh, cheeks. <laughs> or whatever we call it. Bad booty. <laughs> American bad booty. American bad booty. We were such good boys last week. We're nasty this week, though. Nasty boys. Fuck shit. <laughs> crap, Doo-doo. Crap, boobs, crap. <laughs> so so she, she tripped over, lands on her butt, and everyone goes, there's a woman outside. Before they do that, they're, they're examining Luke, and they're like, because they're like, he broke protocol. He did not do what we told him to do. And Perry's like, he wants to, he's so invested. He's like, no, 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 they're great. They're great. And like the, the, the scientist is like, no, we need to like that. We need to take him offline and check out what's going on. with him. No, 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 no. He is perfect. Aren't you? Give him the monster energy injection. Yeah. That's all he needs. I, to- I promised everybody last week. I said we're going to be seeing a lot of monsters. I, I said Red Bull. I've, I got it incorrect. It's a monster. Because he goes, Luke. I'm, excuse me, he says GR44. Yeah. These, they don't even respect these guys to call them by their names. They're, well, they're, they're objects. To exactly. Them. They're not humans. I mean, they're, they're zombies. It's a government issue. Yeah. And he's like, why didn't you respond when we did? Innocent. The village was clear. And they're like, village? What is he talking about? And like, Barry's like, erase his memory with a monster energy injection. Yes, of course. Maybe replace it with something nice, like uh, maybe like some World War II victory speeches or something. Get some propaganda going on in there. We, we, we should also point out, because we got to get our science facts straight here, how after doing a mission, these guys, they have a little awful wrist indicator thing. It's a giant gaudy wrist thing. And it's like Snake Plissken's like, yeah, countdown Yeah, it's got watch. awful like readouts and everything that are not yeah. legible. It's just basically a sticker. Yeah, it is a sticker, but it flashes. There's a light behind it. It's lenticular, so when you bend it, it looks like it's doing something. There we go. But after every mission, they need to cool down. And yeah. so in Goliath... Which is the dumbest thing. Like This is, doesn't... Why we're doing... We, the, our, the biggest Achilles heel is heat. Desert missions. That's what we're going to send them out on. Well, hey, that's where the crime is. But then that's the thing. It makes... I, I guess... Why? Yeah, I know what it is. Is the Colonel Perry's greasing the right palms in like the Pentagon and like in Washington? He's getting the funding because oh, yeah. this is just a jobs program. Basically, it doesn't work. It's it doesn't make sense. The biggest thing is sweating is what destroys. Them. <laughs> they can take bullets, but they start sweating. You better watch out. Well, I mean, they explain the science later. It's just these guys. They're superhuman. They really don't explain the science. They say <laughs> it was changed. This is their explanation. 
I'm no scientist. She like, Ryan literally says this. I'm no scientist, but it looks like they changed them on a genetic level. Like yes. you throw that out there. Yeah, they give you that. They give you Dr. Gregor's line where he does explain like, well, he doesn't explain. He just says. Yeah, we had to supercharge the muscular tissues. <laughs> Hyper accelerate is what he said. Hyper accelerated. <laughs> so it's like exactly his words right. I need to hyperaccelerate the, the flesh the, yeah. the reanimate it. <laughs> yes. The dead flesh to reanimate. And so after a certain amount of activity, it's like they have to go in and incubate for a while. <laughs> yes. So they go into a sub they need to chill. A sixty below sub zero chamber to chill out. <laughs> right. Yes. And so now back to Ronnie. She's running. The guys are coming out. They're get that camera. They're chasing after her. She her, she leaps in the car. She's like, step on it, Huey. Huey immediately crashes. <laughs> For some reason, there's a ramp out in the middle of the Dude, desert. There's one object in the <laughs> desert outside of the airstrip. He finds it and flips over it. Oh. And we get a nice little joke. They're hanging upside down. I forget what they said. But I'm sure it wasn't funny. Yeah, and I they, they get out, and the guy's like, "Give us, give us the film." He's like, "What film? What are you talking about? I don't know anything." And I, I think it's like Sarge is there, and he's ready to kill their asses. Yeah, well, Sarge is holding out the gun immediately because that's what Sarge. It's you can't. Ooh, excuse me. You can't stop his muscle instinct, his muscle memory. So when he sees two people on their knees. He's either getting blown behind a dumpster, or he's, or, well, he sees two people with a good set of ears. Yes, he immediately, like, I have to kill these people. Yeah, yeah. So that's what he's not behind a dumpster. Mick Foley's the only guy that would be safe. From, yes, from, <laughs> that's sorry. a good one. So he's not behind a dumpster. So he's like, "Well, I must be planning to shoot one of these motherfuckers." So he's got his gun out and he's waving it. He's like, "Order, order, order!" He's just he's. You see the twitching. You're like, oh, my God, he wants to shoot these guys real well, bad. And then Huey makes a mistake going, I know my rights. And then he just shoots him right in the head. Yeah, you don't You don't <laughs> ever talk about rights in front of him. Because, right. I mean, Sarge has his rights, too. And he's standing his ground. Right. He's under God's green earth. That means he can stand his ground anywhere. But that murder triggers another PTS flash, PTSD flashback in Luke. So Luke snaps out of it and just grabs Ronnie and starts running with her. Throws her in a car. It's a regular car. You think, why? What, what car is this? It's like uh, they should be military vehicles here. It wasn't just a regular like car. Just looked like a jeep. Throws her in there. They get in. Or you know what it was? It was a Bronco. They just had a Bronco on the you know on the set. And they take off. They get about two hundred feet down the road <laughs> before, and we're hearing it in a Goliath. They're like, he's escaping. He's escaping. He's ah, GR forty four. You must stop. And he stops. He's like, I have to stop. No, you need to go. Step on the gap. I have to stop. They tell me to stop. I have to stop. And then fucking Ronnie puts on those size 7 fresh white Reeboks and goes, no, you don't. And stomps that Reebok right on the gas pedal. And And away they go. We just get a shot of Sarge. He's he's got that glint in his eye again. You're just like, oh, man, he's he's going full Sarge on us. And he just goes, traitor. Who's coming back, Murray? So now inside, we see Colonel Perry and the scientist Woodward. They're arguing because the, the, the scientist like, we have to shut this shit down, all right? Mm-hmm. And we need to see what the Pentagon wants us to do. And then starts, I mean, Perry's like, Pentagon? You think they know about this shit? Yeah. This is deep undercover. This is QAnon level undercover. 
Oh my god, yeah. These fucking soldiers are, are being fueled by an adrenochrome, whatever the fuck it Adreno- is. You got it right, adrenochrome. <laughs> you doubted yourself, but you got it, Murray. So, I mean, all the shit. We're ordered by General Flynn himself. Five-star superstar general. He can do a dunk, a tomahawk dunk, flat-footed. Tomahawk chopper dunk. Oh, that's even better. I want and, to point out also, everyone's shooting Desert Eagles in this movie because yes. that was a very hot gun in the Gulf War era was the Desert, Desert Eagle. Desert Eagle, 357 yeah. Desert Eagle. Yeah. Uh, I also love that uh, Woodward, great name for a nerd scientist. Right. He also the other very, one was Bernstein. Yeah. Oh, awesome. So you can, nice. so you can tell they're traitors, too. That, that's a little foreshadowing. Oh, okay. Good call. Yeah. And I also like that Woodward has the Sally Jelly Raphael glasses. Yeah. Sally Jesse Raphael? Who? You said Sally Jelly Raphael. <laughs> <laughs> so, of well, course, course he's got to have glasses. He's a nerd. Yeah, he's, he's a national he's nerd. nerd thing. It's a national nerd thing. So they're like, to catch a universal soldier, you must send out universal soldiers. We all know that. It's a fact. So in Goliath, they're all like, well, we're not taking off today. We're going to go out and fucking catch these motherfuckers. So now we cut back to Luke and Ronnie. They're driving. She notices he took a bullet. And she's like, you're bleeding, man. And he, he just no-sells it. His vest didn't work either. God <laughs> is the only vest that works. Well, you notice that it's true in movies. Cause you always see like in movies like soldiers, terrorists, whatever. They all have tactical vests. They never stop bullets. Yeah. They always get killed. In fact, if you have one, you're going to die. Yeah. It's a good call. And we, I guess we learned a lot. Well, if anything we learned from the movie from last week is bulletproof vests don't work. Yes. They're a scam. Exactly. Which is why you need traveling bulletproof vest salesman. You can tell right there he's a scam. He's like a, you know, a yeah. carny. Well, as soon as you see somebody with bleach blonde tips like that come coming in your place, you should just uh, turn him away. Well, first thing I say is, do you believe in the word of God? And if he hesitates at all, I go, I'm not buying Get the it. fuck out of my store. So Luke no-sells it. Just grabs. This is back in the day when people smoked. because it's, it's, People are constantly smoking in this movie. That's Ronnie is. Ronnie is, yeah. And he just gets a cigarette lighter. We don't have those in cars anymore. And he just... Cauterizes that bullet. Which I don't think it would, how that would work, but it works. The bleeding has stopped. Beady, beady, beat. Now, I, you see, I'm realizing again that John Claude always has to play like a robotic person. Yeah, so it's his acting style. C- cyborg, robotic person, and then you have this really, movie, he, what, robotic but he, but person. He, but he wasn't a robotic person in Cyborg. He acted like one. You're right. Well, but. yeah. He's always just got to be like this quiet, strong guy because yeah. he can't he can't, can't pump act. up an audience. Yeah. yeah. Well, he can. No, come on, John Claude can pump on when he's not acting. Yeah, that's true. when he's fighting. He's a, he, come on. We got to admit, John Claude is the prettiest kicks in movies. Mm-hmm. No, he, oh god, he looks fucking great. I mean, those glutes alone. <laughs> so, I am so glad we're off the god bad wagon because I might be a little gay for John Claude. <laughs> and a little, they don't accept the gays in uh, in the in the Jesus world. I think. Jesus loves everybody as long as you admit you're a sinner. We learned that. Oh, okay. Well, as long fuck. as you ask forgiveness, you can do whatever you want. All bets are off. All I know is that little Nas X guy proved that the devil is really into the queer scene. So that's another reason Satan's cooler. Okay. So two seconds later, they run out of gas. But Luke is like, I got it. He just gets out, just starts pushing the car. He's going. 30 miles an hour. He's jogging, people. He's just yet jogging. The, yet the fucking speedometer is 30 miles an hour. <laughs> He's going tops five miles an hour. But whatever. I, We're going I lo- with it. I loved it. We're it going was, with it. It was such a fun. And you've got the Goliath barreling down the road, and they can't catch up to him. <laughs> Pushes them into another state. 
You're in an yes. Arizona gas station Yes, now. they have gone from Nevada to Arizona, 30 miles an hour, but somehow faster. Past the, like, the Goliath cannot catch up to him because John... It's a gas station slash motel. And think about how long that had to take. Yeah, well, I don't know if he's going 30 miles an hour. Yeah, that, wouldn't be, that would take a long time. Yeah, and so... It, and they're probably taking back roads. He can't go on the freeway. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a long time. So they stop at... This, this place was weird architecture it seemed like it was like a car dealership like because it, it was at all glass fronts yeah yeah i think that's what it was before and they made it into a hotel i like it that's and a cool little set though they gotta like stop because she needs to call in this hot tip even though she's not working for anybody well she's a freelancer it's more important than ever now that she's got a hot tip she needs to get people hungry for that tip murray well, but then this is we didn't have the internet back then in the old days she just went on the internet and got this shit out right so, yeah she still got to work with the system right so they 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 and then luke is like needing to cool down he's sweating you know he's like frosty the snowman he's melting yep he well he just fucking pushed the car for 20 hours straight so you were worried <laughs> because he did one mission you're like these guys get hot after an hour of hard work no he fucking pushed the car for 20 hours and he's fu- well now he's feeling fatigued well he's doing it at night so there's no sun it gets cold in the desert at night. That's a good point. All right, I'll give you that. So they stop in, and this is where we, we mentioned him earlier, the greasy creep. We, uh, we've done, we haven't done our due diligence here by not talking enough about how creepy all innkeepers are. And they're chiselers, too. They got chiselers? all of these extra fucking uh, service charges and shit. Yeah. See, I think it... Oh, okay, I'm sorry, Murray. I, can't, I have to keep bringing this up, but it's like... I think we were into the hoteliers, the innkeepers and everything because we have the one in the exterminator who shit on Ginty. So we were like, these are the salts of the earth, motherfuckers, right here. So I was like thinking for the longest time, no, innkeepers are pretty cool. But I'm realizing now they're not. Well, this guy, he's he's got it all worked out. He's like, she's like, she just wants to use the phone. She doesn't want to even stay in this place. Yeah. He's like. You got to be a, a customer to use the phone. Well, no, it wasn't even about being a customer. He picked up a sign that says, no one can touch my fucking phone. He printed it out on a sign. Yeah, but he said, you, you have, there's phones, phones in, the, in rooms. the rooms. And so, she's like, fine, I'll get a room. How he, much? He immediately said, 50 bucks, you can get your own room, you can get your own phone. So and she's he, like, okay, 50 bucks, is that the cost? And then Luke walks in, he's like, oh, you got a meth fellow with you. Well, that's double occupancy. Let's give me another ten dollars, and she's just like, uh, "And I bet you want the clean sheets, don't you?" And John Claude doesn't say a whole lot in this movie, but he does. She can not- see how sweaty he is. He's yeah. like, "You want the clean sheets?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not gonna want those. Once you get the sweat into the sheets, and then yeah. all the other fabrics and all the other stains, they start coming out and onto your body. And so whew. that's another twenty bucks. Yeah. Oh, by the way. $20 security deposit for those sheets. Because mm. if you get that, that glute gloss on those sheets, I can't get that shit I out. I see this man is just coated head to toe in glute gloss. I got to throw those sheets out. You <laughs> can't get that shit out. Now, Murray, we've just gone over. That's 50. Uh, we got 10 there, 60, 80, 100. $100, 1992. What's that convert to today? That's equivalent of $1,453. That's sweet prices today. You don't spend one night. In a yep. mo- no-tell motel for $1,473. Unless you're a fool. Or you really need a pay phone. <laughs> need a phone. Or phone, excuse yes. me. So Ronnie pays up. See, she's a great journalist. She's just rolling the, in the fliff. She's got hundreds of dollars just sitting right, there. She's a star. She just, she, she, she's the star of CNA. CNA. 
And so she's like getting on that phone. Luke, he's he's hot. Yeah. So he's got to strip down. This is where we get it. We get the we get the fucking scene we're all been waiting for back in the nineties. Now I I wonder. We got to look up when was the last ass shot. Maybe does he? Do you think he's got the balls in his like? What's he like? He's got to be like sixty by now, isn't he? <laughs> You think he's done an after fifty ass shot? Um, you know what? I think he has. I think he's still. I don't know. We might need to delve into the three fifty DVD world of Jean Claude. Like, I feel like he doesn't want people to see that his hairline has retreated, but I think he's okay showing off his glutes still. So, but he, so he's like, this is what he, he probably demanded the scene be in here. He's like, hundred percent did. This is what people come to see me for. Yeah, my glutes, sacre glutes. <laughs> And so he strips down, and this is what we were saying. Like, first of all, I checked the credits. It, he wasn't in it. I thought for a second Glenn Danzig did cinematography because this <laughs> this scene lingers <laughs> on the sweaty ass, oh, this glistening man. glutes. They're dripping with glue gloss. <laughs> like we said, too much it lingers. It just pans slowly, zooms in, zooms out, goes, gets fucking out of focus, gets into focus. It's a, it's a Danzig shot. And then it just, and then we see, we, we, then they, they go, you've had enough. And they go up to the back. Yeah, yeah. And, and I like this because the window's just wide open. So he's just like well, looking. He's in front at, of an air conditioner as well. Oh, that's of. what it was. Oh, yeah. okay. But yeah, he's just got his dick out in front of a window here. <laughs> he's just hanging out, get, cooling off in front of the air conditioner. Didn't realize that. Good call. And she looks back. She's like, what? She checks the glutes out for a second. And it's like, I got to make a call. And she's just about to get through. And then we see this, the fucking Goliath shows up. Yeah. And unloads Sarge. Sarge fucking crack shot, shoots the telephone wire. Just the telephone wire. <laughs> yeah, because the power is still on and everything. She, he just hits the telephone wire. It's impressive. So she's like, you know, doing the, hello, hello, I'm not getting any dial tone. She's like, fuck it. I paid $100. I'm going to go into the, the main lobby and use his fucking phone. I don't give a shit. Right. And I guess she catches like a newscast at some point. Was this? In the background, there's a newscast that mentions just in the background. Mentions Huey being killed, but it says Ronnie was involved with Yeah. Her. She, and she's a suspect. And there's an all point bulletin looking for her. So we see, we know this is an inside job. Like Perry's covering his tracks. Okay. So Ronnie is just like, she's incredibly frantic at this moment. Phone's going out again. She needs to get this tip on the line. She's. She might have overheard that she's wanted for for murder. And so she runs out. She's going back to the innkeeper. She's going to use his phone no matter fucking what. And John Claude is like, you cannot go out there. That's not safe. And just like a zombie, because he's a zombie, he's just stumbling outside <laughs> naked. Not naked. He's wearing tube socks. <laughs> Question. Question. Was that implying he was going to rape her, Griff? Because we know when you're naked with tube socks on, you're going to rape somebody. We've learned that from previous movies. Yes. Only rapists keep the socks on. I can only think of Rex and Legion of Iron. Legion of Steel? Um, it's Legion of Iron. I don't... I, I This man doesn't seem to understand <laughs> what a penis is, like, is. Two butt shots for, for one, because we get another butt shot. We, get, we don't get the close-up, though. We I, get the I, I want to point out, he was not wearing... Two tube socks. He's wearing three. He was going full red, <laughs> red hot chili peppers. He, he was. did have the fucking sock on his dick. Well, he was trying to cock sock. He what was happening? Uh, we talked about this extensively with Joel Coleman in the Commando episode. The yeah. shadow that was being cast by Arnold Schwarzenegger's dick in the Terminator scene. He was going for that. 
So he was trying to cast a bigger shadow by using the tube sock well, because who, you don't get to see his dick. Also, remember who he's working with. The guy who's the biggest dick that Brandon Lee's ever seen. I know. That's why I was telling you earlier. Brandon Lee's seen a lot of dicks. The innkeeper was supposed to be Brandon Lee because only yeah. <laughs> Brandon Lee can clarify a dick. He's like uh, the guy who can measure he's poops a, he, in South he's Park. He's a dick whisperer. He just knows, you know. Well, he is the judge of big dicks. Like he, That's his role. He's until a size king. I don't know who it is now because I don't know if he took his crown, but that was Brandon's Do you think lo- he had him murdered? Because he wanted his crown. I think so. I think the- I think we just stumbled onto a tip. Fuck this episode. We're going to do true crime now. <laughs> oh, my God. I think it was the guy who was directing uh, the guy who was doing the Alec Baldwin movie. And that's why oh, he got I, shot. By- I thought you were going to say Joe Exotic. <laughs> no, definitely not Joe Exotic. <laughs> but I think it was the person that was working on the Alec Baldwin movie. Are you and- sure it wasn't Pete Davidson? God damn it! You need to stop with Pete Davidson. He might have a. Big He's dick. in your head, and he I don't get it. I don't even know who the. I've, I've seen this person. I've never heard him tell a Imagine joke. Imagine Gollum smoking meth, and then you got Pete Davidson. Look, I've smoked meth with a guy look like Gollum. It's a good time. I think you just need to embrace no, it. Fuck that guy. So he collapses. We get a nice this lingering shot of his ass. Everybody in the hotel, you're seeing lights pop out, and people are looking out there, and they are getting their money's worth. They're like, this is the best hotel I've ever Innkeeper's like, they might get their security Innkeeper has his 80-year-old mom sitting in a rocking chair in the front window. Like you said, it's a used car lot, so it's all window. <laughs> and she's looking out, and she's got the biggest smile on her face, and innkeeper's son looks at her and goes, Mom, you're a fucking perv. You're perf. Let's get a slapper. So Ronnie gets the Luke back into the room. Apparently, there's like a 7-Eleven down the street where she could buy some ice. She buys 50 bags of ice, pours it on them, and then she watches that cigarette lighter burn. Oh, what are we going to do about this wound? We just get a close-up of the wound, and it's just straight Wolverine. It just yep. heals up. Yep, heals up. So how did they do that? How did they do that with their fucking super technology? I would like to... Talk to Dr. Gregor about that. Anyways. So Sarge and them are still lingering outside. Yeah. And this is like as she, Ronnie is still carrying ice bags across and everything. Or maybe she was well, going she's to, going out to, to use the phone. She's going back out to use the phone. Okay. So she's like, you just cool it. Cool puts it. Him in there. And so he's just, he gets up. He's finally cooled off. He towels off. Puts his uniform back on. Oh, yeah. Sits in. He sits on the, we get a nice little waterbed joke. Now... Was that not good? He's like a master of the silent film because he's just emoting with his face and he sits on the waterbed and a big wave comes back and hits him and he's like bumped by it and you just see a little bit of joy take over his face. Arnold, or- for, a, for a brief moment because on the TV there's a docuseries about Vietnam. We see Richard Nixon. Yeah. Who, by the way, Richard Nixon didn't start the war. They're trying to imply that like he caused the fucking Vietnam War. It was before him. Right. But he's he he's talking, I we were never gonna leave. And he, he's a flashback again. He's just thinking about fucking Nam. Ronnie. Just kind of comes running back into the room. She's a ball of energy. She's smoking all the time. She's just high on nicotine, you know? Yeah. And slowly uh, Luke, as he does, just kind of turns to her. Then he, you notice he's like his ear is kind of wiggling a little bit. He's hearing something outside. You need to get down. And well, he, she goes, you can't believe it. All the fucking phones are out. All the phones are out. We wasted $100. All I wanted to use was the fucking phone. Right. So Luke just rushes over, rips her down to the ground, and Sarge and everybody starts opening fire on the hotel room. Just blasting away. 
Why, this is another movie trope. They always, sh- they they never shoot at the floor. They always shoot above people. Except heads. when they do shoot at the floor, because you got to see the bullets like kick up the dust. Oh, okay. Which makes no sense. Is that a modern thing now? I've never no, noticed that. That's a, no, they, they, that was constantly in old movies all okay. the time. You would see, like you're shooting at like like at like waist level, and somehow the bullets are hitting the ground. Like the bullets literally like. Go ten feet and then sink. It, oh. it makes no sense. I mean, the whole point is just to show that bullets are being shot. Right, right, right. But it makes absolutely no, in a physics sense, it makes no sense at all. Right. So, Sergeant Crew, they're just unloading, and John, uh, I was going to call him John Luke. Luke realizes, okay, we got a brief lapse here, and he just charges through a wall. Right. And, of course, there's a cu- young couple in there giggling, yeah, fucking. Fogging. They, yeah, they a got a camera set up. She was pegging the guy. It was, it was a commando moment. It's a commando moment. And Luke, of course, is bewildered by this. He doesn't understand what's happening. But he's got he's to run through another wall here. They didn't have sex in the 60s, people. So he doesn't understand. This is a new invention. This is a new invention. That's right. So he rushes through another wall. And, you know, we got Ronnie right behind him, nipping at his heels. And then they look up. And we go back to the Goliath, and this is where we have Bern- Bernie. Is that was that the guy's name here? Because he's just somehow they're viewing this through his eyes, but he doesn't have his Borg camera on. So it's got to assume that they have robot eyes. Robot eyes. It has to be because they're looking and they're saying, "Oh, he's not going through any more walls. That's solid concrete." And then we go back to Luke, who's looking at that wall, just like I can't Kool Aid man this wall. Right. And so, like, Sarge is like, we got him. So he, we, we see him and uh, Zeus, like, walking through. They got the fucking laser scopes. Of course they do. And then they walk in the room with a couple. And they put the laser on the dude's forehead. They put it on the girl's nipples, back and forth. Yep. They're having a good time. Having a good time. And But they show a little restraint. You figure they were going to, because it was like, I thought Perry was like, kill all fucking witnesses, but they're like, let these people live. They're too hot to die. And we, we already know about uh, Sarge's hang-up when he sees two cu- like a couple together. He's like, I got to kill one of you. That's just his thing. He's got to kill the male, and then he lets the female run and tosses a grenade at her. Right, that's his move. So I, I'm surprised, but he, he's he got to kill the traitor first. Well, I guess the the program's working because they do leave. They, like, they, don't, they go, we don't see 44. Come back to Goliath. So they go back. And then we see, I got confused by the scene for a second, because I was like, is that Sarge? What's going on here? Because a gun comes out in the like dude's face, like underneath the covers. Yeah. It's fucking Luke under there. It's like, you didn't even really need to put a gun to their fucking face. Oh, no, yeah, really. And like somehow we didn't see four people underneath these covers. There was a big comforter they had. We didn't see the gigantic comforter that yeah. they were hiding under. Right. And, and it, it, it Well, actually, what was happening is, call back to the scene earlier, they were bouncing up and down to make it look like water like flowing. Ah, uh, yeah. So okay. they thought there it was waves. It wasn't them. Just w- they were making waves. So I was like, your keys. I need them. So they take the keys. For some reason, this young couple are driving a 57 Chevy. They got like this classic car. It's funny because that's also how John claude likes to dress. He loves that 50s wear where he's got the pants you know, below the nipples because he's going to change into that soon. The pants below the nipples with the shirt tucked in. It's got to be sleeveless, of course. It's got to be baggy so he can kick. Right. He just loves that 50s look because he's done it in so many movies. So they get in their car and take off. So they drive along. This is the scene because, by the way, I'm going to point out the 
John uh, John Claude and the actress had zero chemistry in this movie. Yes, there's nothing going. You don't even see. You can't even think of them as friends, let alone lovers. Right. But this is guy. This is like the scene you always have to throw in a little bonding scene, which right. is like okay, now they love each other. So they bond over the fact that she isn't wearing a seatbelt. Right. Because put on your seatbelt. I don't even think. I'm not even positive. I don't think a 57 Chevy would have seatbelts. I don't think it would. Because I don't think seatbelts came into like the 70s, to be honest with you. So I don't know why he would even care. And he's like, put on your seatbelt. She's like, what are you, my mom? It is safe. And then she pulls out a cigarette. And he's like, I do not like that. It's not good for you. He like reads like the package. That smoking. was later, but yeah, he was he was getting bothered. The smoke it irritates my it face. It irritates my robot eyes. And then this is where we get the trope again with John Claude in every movie. So let me start asking you. And she's a journalist, so of right. course she's got a million questions she right. wants to ask. And she starts with, "Where? I mean, where do you even come from? What is this accent? Are you like French, European? What's the deal? What accent?" Because he doesn't, he doesn't recognize it. That's the joke, people. Jean Claude doesn't have an accent. Yeah, and so that question just really cuts deep on him for some reason. So he stops the car. He, and, shamed, he, he fucking accident shamed the dude. Oh, right? that could have been it. So, so he's we, hurt. That might have been a legit thing that Jean Claude did. He's like, does everyone? Do I not talk like crystal clear English? Like, is, do I actually have an accent? So he pulls over. He gets out of the car. He's just he's having an existential crisis. Yeah. Right over an accent. I have to find out what they did to me. So, they got to get gas. The, last, the next gas station 63 miles away. I know that because there's a sign that says that. So, they got to stop at this gas station. Another Hitcher gas station. Another one. They pull up. They uh, Luke's like... First, I must take a sheet. So, he goes <laughs> into the... First, he, we get he, the, the... Was the fucking... Uh, Attendant? Uh, attendant was that Gilligan from Gilligan's Island? He <laughs> looks like it. He's got the fucking giant brimmed hat where it's like straight up suicidal tendencies almost. He so, might have been Soul Collector's I, dad. So, yeah, Soul Collector's dad. Yeah. yeah. And so John, uh, John, I keep doing it. I keep going for John Luke. Luke hands him the key. Says you park it, and he's like, "What are you talking about? Do you have the shitter? Yeah, the shitter's he's, over there." He said shitier. Shitier French. And so he's like, yeah, it's over there. Yes. Ronnie, you come in here with me. I need you to wipe. <laughs> <laughs> so he walks in. We thought the fucking the high school bathrooms in class of 1984 were spacious. This well, that makes sense. It's for, you know. No, no, no. no. That, that, that was a huge <laughs> fucking bathroom. All right? I've never been in a bathroom that big. Maybe like Grand Central, Central Station has a bathroom that yeah. big. This is some fucking piece of shit, like, Kitcher gas station, the most spacious <laughs> fucking. It's Tardis level gas uh, bathroom. There's and only one just, toilet in there too, and it's yeah. just like all room. Yeah, and he like strips down again. Like we haven't had enough fucking glute, right? Even even Ronnie is just like, oh my god, you're doing this again, and she's like pretending to cover her face, but she's letting one eye peek through because she's like, my god, he's not covered in glute gloss this time. He's looking so much better. Just. He had that goop on him. I didn't want to touch that goop. So he's just standing there naked, and he goes, I need you to do something. Find something unusual and hard on me, and then cut it out. And so we get this shot. We got her from behind him. We're just staring right into John claudes nips, (laughs) and we're seeing it's just above his waist, so you can see how great his fucking abs are. He's got those Jesus on the cross abs. He's looking so good, and 
she's going up and down and they're just talking about i don't even remember what they're talking about the scene's just so hot i don't remember this as a kid this is one of the scenes i don't remember as a kid but i saw his doll i was like fuck i'm starting to sweat i need to apply some glue gloss to get rid of the sweat and she commences the first of all she checks his packs and she's yes. like no lumps don't no lumps, worry yep. don't have breast cancer and then she's like frisking him. She's getting down there, getting all up in the thigh area. For some reason, I think it was because the guy, uh, the attendant, came back. Go, what do you mean, park your car? What do you mean, park your car? And that in, in that moment where John Claude was distracted, she apparently this is what they're alluding to, Murray. This is what I was telling you about. She apparently grabs his dick and she goes, "Oh, this is he, unusually hard." And he's like. Is something unusual and hard? <laughs> and she's like, no. Well, that's he, supposed to be hard. Well, oh, Murray, you were so distracted by his dick. You just fucking made a huge mess. Oh, hey, don't apply that. You don't know what they're talking about. I spilled a drink. He's, he's trying to make it look like I came or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that, that is what happened. One thing. Whew. Okay, Murray has cleaned himself up. He's gone to his uh, car, got himself some new drawers. Uh, some wet wipes. I'm on, good to go. <laughs> uh, so, yes, what we pointed out when he said, did you see anything unusual and hard? He's saying that with his head between his legs because he bends like totally fully down. Well, yeah, no, she continues to work down his body after he was she was caught funneling his junk. Right. Taking advantage of an idiot is what she's doing. He's basically... On the spectrum, and she's oh. taking advantage of him. Well, just because he can get hard doesn't mean he feels it. Remember, he's a zombie. He probably doesn't feel anything. It's true. That's true. So she keeps working, and then she's she gets she's to the back. She's the cheeks. Yep. You know? She's she's getting a, She's grabbing the cakes. Yeah. She's grabbing the cakes. But she works down. She gets to, like, the calves, and she's like, there's something weird going on with your calves. They're just too muscular. And he's like, all right. Did you find something? Yeah, I think I found something. And then, Murray, you, you're very into this scene. Not really. He bends in. He bends in half. So he's looking at her between his legs. I thought he was going to do the prison thing where they make you bend over and pull your butt cheeks out and cough, and then the tracker was going to come out his ass. Oh, <laughs> but no. She's like, I think I see something hard here, and it was in his thigh. And he pulls out like a knife, like out of his ass. Where did this knife come from? Cut it out. Yeah, really. I didn't even think about <laughs> that. Where did the knife come from? I don't know. Interesting. And she's like, oh, I can't do that. So he does it. He cuts his own thigh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's like, pull it out. And she pulls out this gigantic fucking tracker. It looks like the thing they put on people's like ankle when they're ho- like house arrest. House arrest, yeah. And she's like, yeah, I think this is it. <sighs> and so they pull it out. And so this is where we cut away from them. And, you know, we, we're going outside because the Universal Soldier, the Goliath bus, is showing up. Right, they need to fill up, too. Well, they, yeah, they need to fill up. They just get unleaded. That's all it is. It just All that shit, it just runs on unleaded. What is so, that, like one mile per gallon? Probably. <laughs> and so they're like, we got him now. The tracker says he's right in that spacious bathroom. And they're looking for heat signatures as well mm. because they have that technology of just like infrared mm. maps all around the area. Because well, th- that After Predator, everybody did. Yeah. Because I, I was wondering why they eluded them the way they did. I was like, what sense did that make? But that's when I realized why they did it. So anyways. But our boy set a trap. Because they just immediately just start opening fire. This was to be this crack tactical special forces group. We saw it in the beginning. Even mm-hmm. though it wasn't a great plan, at least it was kind of, it was kind of subtle. Yeah. This is just like 
Open fire. Right, right. This was just kick a door open. There it is. It was a cardboard cutout of like a, a old school robber holding a gun up, but it had the tracker behind it. So they're like, that's the target. And they were just shooting it the fuck up. I thought they were going to do a snake eater thing with a toilet. And then like Sarge might have to go take a pee. Well, you know what it would have been? It would have been tiny. Tiny would have had to take a shit or something. It would have it shot like a mini nuke into his butt and he went flying away. But our boy... Luke set the trap. So good time to talk. So <laughs> very, yeah, very I didn't good. Get a lot of sleep last night, and um, he planted. He just poured gasoline everywhere. Is basically the plan. And ignites. It works. It ignites. Sets off all these tanks. There was. I, I got to point out. You know, there was a scene right when they arrived where the gas tanks like, "Hey there, put out that cigarette. You're at a gas station." Well, so, yeah, that, that's just common courtesy for gas stations even it's, today. It's just letting us know everything's flammable because we're retards. You know, we don't know that unless a, if a character point that out. You know, I, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Subtle, so, like <sighs> slipping something in there like that is fine. Like this movie, Chris Pace. So it blows up the whole. Uh, whole um gas station blows up incinerates all the well almost all of them not sarge but everybody else is immediately on fire we're inside the goliath we're watching on the 160p uh fucking uh horrible close cash close circuit tv with the uh, you know scram yeah. scramble well, this makes cl- sense it's it's a gas station we got gas station level <laughs> yeah. cameras and so we're just watching Multiple guys on fire just walking around. Like Frankenstein. Uh, and shit. Literally like Frankenstein because they're going, oh. And then the, the colonel's like, those are a quarter million dollars, so I'll just put them out. Only a quarter million. That seems really cheap. Over oh, 1992. Oh, yeah, that's right. So that, Murray, please. Six million dollar man. That, wow, six million. That still seems kind of cheap. For Raytheon? Because these are definitely Raytheon products. Everyone, Raytheon was around in the 90s. Yeah. So they say they forget about Luke. He's like, get take care of those soldiers. Right. Woodward's like, I got to get the the ecto cooler. And he's got like a fucking tank. It, it's probably whatever it is. But it's some kind of super coolant that they're going to hose him down. Because we know fire. I think they just had a thing of antifreeze. And they just yeah, throw yeah, it on him. Because fire is their kryptonite. Right. And so they're working on that. So our boys, they get, we see the car that like, apparently the gas, gas station had conveniently did park for them yeah trunk opens you're right i didn't even think about trunk that. opens luke's in that trunk full of ice next car trunk opens why is she in a trunk full of ice? murray i know why what? this is what i was alluding to earlier they have the infrared trackers they have the oh, heat trackers okay that because i was so confused <laughs> like he gets out with ice i was like that makes sense <laughs> He's cool and then off. when the other two people because the gas is gas attendant they why actually, did this guy go along with it because he wasn't that pissed why off. was he wearing the vest <laughs> why was he that. wearing he's wearing luke's vest that was the trade. He's like, I'll blow up your gas station, but you get this nice vest. So that was that was something that and happened. And he was like, it stops bullets. Yeah. I'll take it. So Luke, he gets everybody out of the trunk, and then he gets into his car, and he's getting ready to take off again. He gets five feet down the road when, dong, fucking Sarge is in the backseat, gets a piano wire. I love how they did this shot because they, 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 they have too much of the, uh, the pre-roll here. So you have uh, Jean-Claude, like, preparing to get strangled from behind. Like, he's leaning back into it, waiting for it. You can see the anticipation on his face. His muscles tensing. Yeah, exactly. You, they fucked up the jump scare uh, for this one. 
But he starts strangling him. So Luke does what anybody has any sense would do. He just slams on the brakes, and Sarge goes flying head first. And Ronnie gets her moment. He should have wore a seatbelt. <laughs> so oh. they take off. And we go back over to the wreckage. And this is where Perry, he is beside himself. He's, he's finally come to his senses and go, all right, this is too far. We're shutting everything down. And then Sarge goes, we shut things down when I say we do. Uh, excuse me, GR13, whatever you are. You get back, you get your took us back in there, and you cool down, mister. My name is Sergeant Andrew Scott, and he just shoots him right in the eye. Well, because Perry was going to pull a gun on him, so he's just defending himself. And he liked his ears. And he liked his, oh, Perry's got cute little ears. So then Sarge, he's taking over. He walks into Goliath, and he goes to the nerds, and the nerds are trying, Perry, what's going on? Perry can't hear you. I have taken command. Any questions? Everybody has questions. We got people. They've just got like a storage locker of guns and grenades just hanging out there. And so like one guy in the full uh, like winter gear that they have to wear to go into the sub 60 degree room. He gets a gun and he's like trying to sneak up on Sarge and Sarge just rips through the fucking uh, the faceplate. Yeah, he's wearing like a fucking hazmat outfit. But he's in the he's yeah. in the corridor where it's like yeah. you don't need it. But he's still wearing it for whatever reason. Yeah. So he reaches in and just he pulls a, a fucking Halloween three and just gets his eyeballs and like pulls it out. Oh. No, he just snaps his neck. Oh, he, he snaps he his just, neck yeah, in there? He grabs his face, face bombs him, snaps his neck. Oh, I thought he did. Okay. And yeah, he just starts killing everybody. Meanwhile, every Unisol has been killed except for 74 and Tiny. Tiny was on the operation table. Yeah. He's super fucked up. Yeah. And so we have, like, shots of, I think it's Bernstein, the yeah. black guy. Yeah. Okay. Woodward and, and Bernstein are both, like, working on them. And they're talking amongst themselves, they're trying like, to got quietly. they guts in their hands and yes. shit. It, it, they were literally pulling out, like, <laughs> spaghetti and everything and throwing it over they their pulled shoulder. Pulled out, like, a long string of, like, scarves <laughs> and shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's good shit. It's yeah. good shit. How did they get in here? And they're, look, like, Bernstein looks over and he's like, Sarge, what is he, or, excuse me, Woodward, what is he doing over there? Because Sarge... He's taken one of their giant fucking syringes, and he, Murray, this is disgusting. This is where they came up with the idea for Bang Energy Drink. He starts mixing the Red Bull, mixing the uh, the monster, and then he's adding some other additive that I couldn't tell. Rockstar Energy Drink. Rockstar Energy <laughs> Drink. Yeah. And so that's when he... A, that's a cocktail you don't want to take. We're used to seeing monsters, that disgusting green color, <laughs> and... You know, Red Bull's got this beautiful glow to it. I don't know what, co you know, color it is. It's red. It. It's called Red Bull for a reason. And you combine those, you think it would be one color, but as he has that additive, this, the rock star, it turns into this, like, gray muck color, like rain cloud gray. And he just injects it in there. What is he doing? Super muscle enhancer. <laughs> he's hyper accelerating his muscles. <laughs> That's what he's doing. <laughs> Oh man! So he's juicing like a motherfucker, dude. He's he's straight up fucking. You know, he would he'd get kicked out of the WWF in the early nineties. Yeah, and so you know what? It's it's a harrowing scene. We got a big villain about to appear, so we need to lighten the mood a little bit, Murray. Right. We stop. We got to stop and get something to eat. Got to stop in the shit kicker diner. And John, I bet there's a gas station right next to it. Here's the other thing: John Claude always has to have a bar scene or a diner scene. <laughs> always. And I know why he had the vest on because he he took the guy's fucking shirt. Remember he had the Joe. Yeah, 
They traded. Yeah, Trader Joe. Trade. <laughs> so <laughs> we get. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> so we get the scene with the waitress with the big hair, chewing the gum. It's like, well, be fellas. And, like, and she's like, we forgot to mention that also while all this explosion was going on, oh, they snuck they onto stuck, yeah. the, the Goliath and stole all these Ooh, notes. That was binders. A, Millions of binders full of women. Just, just <laughs> We're doing some stunts bits here. There was a bowl of M&Ms in there. Yes. They took a couple. <laughs> there actually was a binder full of uh, headshots of fucking Renegade. Yes. And so she's looking through. She doesn't even care about the food. She's looking through it. She's like, do you want the special? Right. They're, they're just trying to order drinks. And, you know, she's like, I'll have a soda pop. And she's, what was her name? Brenda. So all Luke can muster is he looks at her as she's asking for a drink. Brenda? Yeah. What do you want to drink? Oh, what do you want to drink? Joe. I'll, I'll, have, a, <laughs> I'll have a soda pop as well. So she fucks off, and we get a moment here. Well, he'll take the special. They get the special in a minute. Uh, so she's pouring over the notes and everything. He's like, I, why are you helping me? Well, I'm not helping you. I'm doing this for me. I got a story. This is a huge fucking story. I got to pr- blow the lid off this motherfucker. Right. And this is where she drops the bomb. <laughs> she's like, I'm no scientist. Yeah. But these papers say you were changed at a genetic level. This is mind-blowing. There's a name. A Dr. Gregor was in charge of this program. I got to look for him. Yeah. I gotta, I'll go. You stay here. I'm going to get on the payphone and try to find Dr. Gregor. So this is when Brenda rolls up again. And this is also where you get your nice Surgeon General warding and he yeah. crushes her cigarettes. So Brenda rolls up before Ronnie gets away. And Ronnie's like, just give us two specials. All right. Why? Why is Brenda offended by that? It's like they just they because they're not from around here. They don't look like regulars. You know these people are these small town people. That's right. So Ronnie goes outside, and we get this beautiful scene of food being set down in front of Luke, and he doesn't know what to do. Yeah, he's that. Well, he's hungry. He's 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 Joey hungry. Joey. Oh my god, you son of a bitch. Johnny Hungy, by the way. I know, but he's joking. Oh, Joe. god damn it. See, son of a bitch. It. So he doesn't know what to do, and we get the shot of my favorite old man. He's looking around to get context clues. And you know what? You, sometimes you got to do this when you're a stranger in a strange place. When in place. Rome, you do as the Romans do. Right. Well, again, when you're a stranger in a strange place, sometimes you got to figure out what's going on around you so you don't you, you fit in. So he's like, all right, I see these people eating. I'm going to scoop food up that way. Yeah, but he this, forgot how to eat, apparently. Yeah. Well, he just gets his Red Bull injected into him now. Okay. And so he sees that old guy who's got the cowboy hat, but then it's got, like, the cinch. <laughs> but it's like a, like a little kid costume. It's like a tiny little cowboy hat. Yeah, but the cinch for it was, like, three rifle rounds. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, it was very interesting. There's, like, a pool table in the back where all the toughs, yeah. like, the just trucker types, because they're uh, in a trucker they're stop. They're so tough. They're eating popcorn while they're playing their pool. Oh, no, this wasn't a trucker stop. That was the next scene. Okay. So, yeah, John Luke, there it is, John Luke. Luke gets uh, the food set down in front of him. He just starts scooping it up. He starts ordering everything. Yeah. He's got perfectly grilled hot dogs. He's got, you know, he's got got 50 cans of Pepsi. He's drinking. Just wanted one. He's wanted a Pepsi. Yeah. And so Brenda's like, you want more? What the fuck? I I hope you have money to pay for this shit. Money? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Dolores, De Niro's, uh, Dollary Doos, money. Ooh-la. Hank, we got a fucking troublemaker here. So Hank the Cook comes out. 
He's been slaving away all day making these specials. He, I mean, I know this for a fact because he said, I've been slaving over this slop all day. Right. He's like, you know how hard it is to get perfectly grow marks on it? Griff can't even do that. Oh, you see, I'm known by, I'm known <laughs> by name everywhere, and you seem to think I can't do a perfectly grilled I, hot dog. I have yet to see it. Talk is cheap. Well, you don't appreciate a grilled hot dog, but so no, of course I'm not going to make you a this, grilled hot what dog. What isn't cheap, this bill, because it's sky high. Yeah. And so he's just like, I have no money. And he, like, and Hank's pissed. Yeah, so he's got to meet the energy. He stands up, and he pulls out his pockets, and he says, my hands are tied. My pockets are empty. And Hank won't deal with that. But Luke tells him, I don't want to hurt you. I just want to eat. Hank, this is good schlop. He says that. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Well, you can't. You see, you can't. He can say it's slop, but Luke can't say it's slop. Cat, come on. <laughs> Cat wants to be up on this podcast. So, of course, a fight's going to break yeah, out. Right. And, you know, Luke being Luke, he's going to handle him quite easily. He punches him once in the gut, and then I think uppercuts him, which flies right. him over into a table. Right. He's throwing everybody everywhere. Yep. And in between, like, beating people up, he's, like, reaching in and still grabbing, like, egg salad sandwiches. Right, it's a hilarious scene. It's wonderful. And, of course, John claude always has to have a fight scene in a diner or bar. And you always have to have somebody get thrown into a jukebox. Yes. And he does that. And then the greatest song of all time, the song you expect to be playing in this bar, <laughs> starts blaring. And, and still, and like now we have the perfect accompaniment for an ass-kicking scene, because we're talking about badonkadonks right now. I mean, you hear that song come on, I don't know why that would be in the jukebox, because that's going to make some people want to fight. Well, that's what it does. Yeah. Everybody starts. There's a couple guys standing there just watching the city, and they're like, they don't know if they're sure to get into it. And then they hear that song. Suddenly, the rage takes over. Like, people keep talking about violent video games and everything. No, it's this guy it's whose country. name we don't even know. It's country music. But we've heard this song so many times because, I mean, whenever me and Murray go anywhere, we have the remix version. There's 800 remixes. We just play it to get our blood levels up. Yeah. We don't care enough to know his name, but yeah, we play no. the song. So, again, we're just throwing people through window. There's a guy get thrown through the front window because there's always got to be that in a John Claude movie as well. So while that's going on, Ronnie's oblivious. She finally got a hold of this. She didn't get a hold of Dr. Dr. Gregor, but she knows where he's at. He's at a VA hospital somewhere. So she's like, all right, I got it. And then she goes in. She, she doesn't go in. She oh, leans the, in the, the broken window oh. and... John Claude is now four booths back, sitting there just nibbling on popcorn, and this is did, the most angelic scene I've ever seen. Did a body seen. get thrown through the window? Because that usually happens. Yeah. Okay. That- yeah. You got. <laughs> it's like she's got to see like a body get thrown. Uh, yeah. Exactly. That's, that's the best part about you saying she's oblivious. She is at the payphone just outside the window. A man has been thrown through, and then she looks through that window. So incredible. And she's like, "How was lunch?" And he is just there. He's nibbling on his popcorn, and he just goes. A little mischievous grin. And he's got this pretty little smile on. Oh, my God. John Claude killed it. So we're back on Goliath. And Woodward's shitting bricks. He's like, fuck, they just killed Perry. He's going to kill me next. He starts talking with Bernstein. We got to do something about this guy. I know. I'm going to tell Sarge he needs to chill out. Because his, his little uh, wristband's going off. Yeah. So he goes up. He's like, Sarge, you're looking a little hot there. I think it's time to go take a nap. And then he's, he's like, I think you're right. So Takes his giant like tank gun in inside with him. And then they're talking. Bernstein's like, 
no, I got to go do it. Like you wouldn't, you would suspect you're going to do something. Yeah, it makes no sense for you to do it. It's completely out of line. Why don't I go do it? Are you sure? That's a pretty brave move. Yeah, I'll do it. So he's, and then so uh, our boy Sarge playing possum. He's pretending like he's asleep on the chair. Yeah, and he's just about to push that button for the monster energy drink. Yeah, that's going to erase his memories. It's going to give him the double. And then our boy Sarge just grabs him by the throat. Oh, are you going to inject me? No, no, no. I just, the button, I noticed the button seemed to be not working right, so I just got to double check it. I think you need a little of the hot beef injection. And he's like, he throws Bernstein into the seat, and then we get this awful, like, puppet face of Bernstein. <laughs> get the, I don't know why we couldn't just have the actor. Yeah. And, you know, and then the needle goes in. Cause I don't think the needle goes through him. Like, you, it's just bad. Yeah, so it, wasn't, Bernstein, it wasn't the best. Bernstein. Dead. <laughs> so it's like now Woodward's like, I guess I'm fucked, I guess, you know. Right. Woodward's got to be fucked here, but he's going to keep him alive. But here's the problem. They don't have a tracker. They've got to use, like, old methods to find uh, Luke now. Dude. Yeah, they got to Columbo it. They gotta go, he's got to – Sarge has to go back to his fucking um, – you know, hunting days here and everything and figure out where he's going to be. So the plan is to stop at every random place and ask for Luke. Right. And the first place up, a honky-tonk bar. Are we sure this wasn't the same bar? We weren't at a bar before. We're at a diner. We don't know if there was a bar adjoining it. It could have been. We never go into this place. We're on the outside. But it was called Kitties, and there was giant titties on Kitties. Worst fucking representation of titties I've ever seen. It was literally... Two yellow circles with a red light in the middle yeah. for the nips. It was rough. Yeah. Well, I'd expect it in this kind of town. So this was like a trucker titty stop because uh, as Sarge is walking up, you see in the background, it's just a bunch of truck stop, you know, trucks pulled over and everything. Right. And, of course, we recognize half these people from over the top. They're, right. you know, this might have been the bar that they stop in at over the top where the kid was. gets the tuna sandwich because that gives you brain power. So he's like, have you seen Luke? Like, Luke, we got like a bunch of big shit kickers and we got this little dude in a country western. Well, that's how it always goes, Murray. I mean, come on. It's like Jimmy Hart. He's the Jimmy Hart of the crew. And the little Jimmy Hart guy, he's like pulling off his cigarette and he's like, what's got going on here, boy? Got a necklace of ears. I got a necklace. (laughs) A necklace of noses back at home. And he flicks his cigarette at Sarge. The balls on this guy. Amazing. Well, because he's got his boys around, right? Yeah. I love it though. This is—I think this is 100 percent right. You put people in that setting, and they're going to be—they're going to be the cock of the walk. And then Sarge just kills all his buddies, shoots them. He's like, "Hey, no, let's, let's not be too hasty now. I, <laughs> yeah. I think I did see this guy. He's got him held up by one ankle, upside down, and he sees this gigantic, obnoxious belt buckle. He's like, "I like your belt." Yeah, takes it off. Do you notice that uh, Sarge is collecting trophies as he goes along? Because when he kills a cop, he puts his little sheriff badge on his vest. I did notice that. And also, he suddenly gets his uh, dangling (laughs) bit back there. And it's like, where did he get that from? I don't know what it is. I don't know why it has to be there. But yes, he's got the little dangling little braid on the side. I just. It's like, you know what it is? It's the fucking Jedi fucking thing, dude. Yes, side braid. Padawan, he's a Padawan learner. Yes, he is a Padawan of life and murder. So inside, as all this is going on, we were inside the Goliath, and seventy four is still operational. He—that's he, right. the giant German dude. Yeah, 
And uh, so Woodward goes up to him, and again, they have just a store open locker of <laughs> firearms. And he grabs a grenade, and he pulls the pin, and he says, Hey, 74, Sarge told me, because now he's going by Sarge, Sarge told me that you need to hold this grenade for 30 seconds and then let it go. Just drop it at your feet uh, and stand here. Okay. And Woodward apparently runs out. I don't think he did. I think, think he, he just went died. It's like that's why it didn't make any sense because why would he tell him to wait thirty seconds and then to stay there? Because he's yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> we never well, suffice it to say we never see Woodward again. Maybe he got away. Maybe he died. But the the Goliath blows up. Sarge turns back. He's like, oh fuck. You know, she's like, now my ride's gone. Right, and I guess he steals like a truck or something because. Before. No, I think I think Goliath still works somehow. I think it still you know was what? Goliath. No, it does because he's still driving it later. Yeah. So all of that destruction inside, <laughs> later on, grenades do like... It nuke. doesn't even kill fucking 74 because oh. he's in it later. <laughs> it does nothing but kill Woodward, apparently. Before we close out on like Sarge's <laughs> chapter of the story here, we see them like pull up to a grocery store and he's dragging like the the just remains of uh tiny uh I forget what number he was he's just dragging the remains of him and 74 who's all fucked up he's dragging their remains into a grocery store right because they heal when they're cold we learned that yeah earlier. yeah I just think it's fun that he was going to the grocery store well if you need a big freezer a walk-in freezer it makes yeah. perfect sense he's like where's the freezer and everyone's like what the fuck is he like you said he's dragging these two huge motherfuckers behind him yeah goes in there he's frustrated it's not obviously it isn't working fucking tiny's just laying there he's kicking him get up soldier <laughs> he was it was so good i loved it all right and okay so here's the thing we haven't mentioned about this movie it's very kind to us it's always telling us what day it is yeah this third is a- movie in a row like we've always that's always been our trouble yeah and now people are really they're 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 doing what they should be doing right and this is like day three and i swear they said they were like on the east coast here and they were just in texas so in 24 hours they managed to get to no, the they east. were still in arizona they were in time. arizona yeah. okay fuck me then they're in arizona so that makes sense yeah. and they're at dr gregor's place knocking on the door they just want to let themselves in the help's like uh I think he's out back pushing a kid yeah, on a tire at, they're, swing. They're at a VA hospital. Yet he lives in this. He's in his own house at a VA hospital. Right. He's like he's so committed to being at this VA hospital. Well, he's trying he to make up there. for his sins because he's the guy behind the Unisolve. Right. Right. You know what? I could see this in a Marvel book and everything. So this <laughs> yeah. scans for me. So you know the the maid let let them in, and of course Veronica. She maybe this is why I respected her and you hated her. She's very much like me. She sees a mirror. She just runs to it. She starts fixing her hair. Then she starts flipping through the desk and looking at all the shit and trinkets and everything, looking at the pictures, touching things. I see why you don't like it. But John claude he's looking straight out that we, window. And we see that Gregor's not such a bad guy. Why? Because he's pushing a little girl on a swing. Yeah, pigtails flying Granddaughter, probably. Yeah, who knows? Maybe future sexual assault victim. We don't know. This guy. I think this guy's something shady with this guy. So they lock eyes, and then we go another PTSD. We haven't had one in a while. That's true. And we see John. Uh, I was gonna say John Luke. Now Luke is on the fuck like on a gurney <laughs> in a hospital. They're like working on the like, twenty cc's of this, that, this, that, that. Even though he died in Vietnam, he's very alive on the operating table. Well, we don't know if this is Vietnam at the time. We don't know. 
we don't know how far they took their bodies. They don't. They're very nebulous about what the process is. Right, and they they were on ice. They put yeah. them on ice, so that apparently keeps and you. He's alive. like, "Don't you die on me, soldier!" And he pulls his mask down, so we see it's fucking. You know, it's guy yeah. from Law and Order. They're like holding up a long fucking thing, and I was like, "Oh, so some of those robot parts they're putting in them." All kinds of crazy shit happening here, and he finally like snaps too, and Gregor's like standing over him and. This is yeah, because he, he faints, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But we're going back to the grocery store before we get more of that. So Sarge is holding the whole gro- uh, grocery store hostage now. It's, it's like a hostage situation. Cops are outside. And then fucking Sarge just, he's had enough. He's had all he can stands and he can't stands no more. And he's cut the fucking promo on every motherfucker <laughs> in the room. It's so wonderful. Because 74, even though he had a grenade blow him up, he's outside at the butcher <laughs> window Eating just a raw chunk of beef as yeah. people are just watching. And then Sarge comes out. Oh, my God. This promo. I loved it. I, this is why I think you need to give Dolph a chance. Well, let's hear a little bit of it. Maybe I will. God damn it. So a whole fucking platoon dropping like flies. What the hell are you staring at? Do you have any idea what it's like out there? Do you? Well, I'm fighting this thing, man. I kick ass. Well, kiss ass. And I'm busting heads. It's the only way to win this fucking war. These shitheads. These yellow traitoring motherfuckers. They're everywhere. I, Sergeant Andrew Scott of the U.S. Army, I'm going to teach him all. One thing you never do when someone's, someone's cutting a promo is interrupt them. And this is what the cops do. They just don't know, know any better. So Sarge starts to unload and kill him. But he's like thinking he's... Back in Vietnam now. Oh, 100%. That's what he says. He's thinking they're just Viet Cong soldiers. Traitors. Traitors. Everybody's a traitor. And, and he, he starts killing them. Yeah, he's unloading on the cops. He's fucking screaming out to the crowd. He's like, are you guys fucking pumped? I'm really fucking pumped. Are you all, tra- are you all traitors? I thought you were Americans. You stand or kneel for the national anthem. That's what I'm asking. So we cut back to Gregor. And he's standing over Luke. And he's like, he explains it. He, he gives us the hard science. We hyper-accelerated dead tissue to bring it back to life. We're getting five minutes of beautiful scientific exposition. Like, they never think about the science like this in not modern movies. But they get interrupted, of course, by a news story. Right. So they have to rush over the TV and sit in front of it. And it's the whole grocery store shooting. Right. Uh, they they had live footage. I don't know where they got that camera from. CCTV? CCTV. But that one was like 1080p. It was better quality than the fucking well, mad grocery, scientists Grocery had. stores have the best. You know, cause they get, a lot of shoplifting happens at grocery stores. And you got to have good, clean, quality audio. Okay, that makes sense. So, and we see him cutting the promo. And, and like, Gregor goes, he doesn't realize he's alive. He thinks he's still in Vietnam. Because I forget what he called it, but he's like, the last memory they have before they die gets locked into their brain. And sometimes when we Frankenstein them, 
that memory takes over. Right. So, like, take our boy Luke here. His last memory was going home. Like, all he wanted to do was go home. Yeah. However, Sergeant Andrew Scott, he was all about traitors, burning, MAGA, QAnon. So he's back here, and he's doing that live. He's still in Vietnam in his head. Right. And, of course, he's, he, what does he say? Uh, he very much thinks he's alive. And then, like, Luke peeks around the corner, and he's just like, he is not alive. We are dead. Now, at this point, I was always under the assumption Perry was in charge of the cover-up. But apparently this goes even deeper because I guess uh, General Flynn is because Ronnie somehow gets implicated, even though she has nothing to do with this like supermarket scene. Right. They're like, and also, I'm, we believe that uh, Veronica, whatever her name is, was also seen at the scene of this crime. So she's like, fuck, man. We gotta, I got to get the fuck out of here. Right. All right, so we joined them at a bus station, and apparently they're going to fuck out of town. I don't remember well, where they were Well, she's going to go. get the fuck out of town. Okay. He wants, he's like, I must do this myself. Right. You, you, I do not want to see you die. So he keep, somehow he gets money. They had no money for food, but he has money for a bus ticket. So he's like, Maybe you stole some ass shots. L.A., I have, I have a, a niece, a beautiful little niece, and a sister-in-law in L.A. you can stay with. They live in the ghetto. They live on the cross street from Angel Town. <laughs> Stay there, you'll be safe. And she's like, "This is the biggest story of the day. This is the story of the century." Yeah, I'm not going. No, you must go. You must stay safe. So she's like, "Okay, I'll go." So then we get the scene we've seen it a million times, where oh, the yeah. bus is taking off. We're blocked. We have Luke's vision, so right. she's blocked off by the bus. We assume right. she got on it. Bus moves out of the way. There she is. And I can I get it. What you were saying, like you don't like the adorable cutesy, yeah. uh, you know, doing the Rudy Ray rub out and touching yeah. the cheek thing, yeah. and she's doing that here. Yeah, she's like. Yeah, and the, this no, I like this scene because it was a nice little twist on the scene. Yeah, because not only is she standing there, a million cops are standing. Yep. There. So they get arrested. So now they're on like a like a, like a police bus, a, mm-hmm. a, not police bus, a prison bus, prison bus. There you go. And they they're handcuffed or shackled in the back, and they're being taken to apparently a uh, prison. I don't know where they're being taken. Well, yeah, really. They're hey. they, they, the same place that uh, John Ryder was being Wedlock. taken to. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going for wedlock, <laughs> no, the wedlock no, prison. No, but that is a good call <laughs> That makes back. more sense yeah, that because is a, that there's is men a, and women, that, but they uh, don't have the thing so, over their heads. Yeah, that's a, you know, hats off to grip. That was good. <laughs> so, yeah, they're going, to he- they're going to wedlock. I forget what the prison was called. <laughs> I don't remember either. Wedlock works. And, uh, you know, they're, they're just in there, and they're like, man, what are we going to do here? This situation's pretty fucked. How are we going to get out of this one? And they're like, it sounds like a large vehicle, like a Goliath like vehicle. It's coming after, yeah. just hounding down on us. And they look out the back window, yes. and there's a fucking Goliath truck hounding them down. Being driven by 74. Uh, uh, Sarge is just chilling in the seat, working on his ear necklace. It's good. Got it's a, a beautiful necklace. Got a new one. It. I would have liked more pop. T- did you notice that about now that we're not Christian boys? I can make fun of Stinger's necklace. <laughs> did you notice that about Stinger's necklace, Junkyard's necklace? No. It was pop tabs and like <laughs> little metal gears and trinkets, but well, mostly pop tabs. Griff, he was called Junkyard for a reason. That was his thing. So it was like beer tabs. I'm going to collect beer tabs. Yeah, it's fucking silly. Hey. Yeah. So he just starts. There's a there's a police car behind and in front of the the, the prison <laughs> bus. 
So uh, Sarge's like, ram him. So they just ram this fucking police car, knock it off the road. Oh, yeah, annihilate it. To start ramming the prison thing. Then Sarge, you know, Sarge loves his grenades. Remember, he was an ace pitcher. He starts out with the, they hail down bullets on it. They blow out all the windows and everything. Well, yeah, you got to. But they they took low cover and they never shut downwards. They only shot through the windows. Because he wants to have a place to throw his grenades. He doesn't want to shoot them. That's a good point. Yeah. The, uh, you see, I'm thinking this in the illogical way. You're thinking of it in the logical way. Right. The logic of the crew here, Murray. So, with all the bullets hailing down on them, there is a gate between them and the driver, right. of course. And so, John claude thinking very fast, now that there's bullet holes all in the seat, he pulls out a nice wire... Coil, it's a spring in the in spring, the seat. yeah, and he starts fashioning it, <laughs> and it's not just like into a straight wire. He forms like like, a, like, like an old skeleton key. It's like looks like one of the old fashioned keys. I, <laughs> it was amazing the way he did it. How he, he the did thing it. is, he he did a fucking um, what's her face from uh, Twin Peaks. He put it in her mouth, his mouth, and he did it like the cherry stem. The cherry stem, but she, he did she, it with a spring. Uh oh, Sherilyn Fenn. Yeah. Wait. Yeah, is yeah, that her name? Yeah, that's her actress's name. I was yeah. going for the character. But Audrey Horn. So, yeah, he does that. And while that's going on, Sarge is just chucking those grenades in. So, Bronnie's grabbing. She's, like, doing the plate spinning routine, but yes. it's with grenades. Yes, live grenades are landing. She's got to go under the seats. <laughs> this scene is fucking good. I really, really, really like this scene because the tension is good. You got the grenades. They... Gave you grenade timing in this movie so you knew, like, a feel for how long she had and everything, and then she's chucking them out the window. I really like this scene. So, it's very good. This is a nice thing the cops did because they knew they were going they're heading to wedlock for a life sentence. So they're like, we're going to do a scenic route, and you can get to see good old Grand Canyon. So they start driving along the edge of the Grand Canyon. Yeah. Okay, we need to also point out that Luke is trying to get to the driver's seat because um, – Sarge has murdered the driver. Right. And so they're going off-road and everything, yet staying very straight. <laughs> like, it took one right and then went straight. They got a wheel alignment before they, you that, know, That's a good yeah. thing. That's a good thing. Yeah. So, yeah. So they're being... I. Then the other cop car just fucks off for a minute. Just takes off that was in the front. I don't yeah, know, yeah. Because he comes back later, but he just, yeah. like, takes off. Makes think sense. He, you think he'd call, like, back up, but he doesn't do that. Maybe he did. Maybe the radio got blown out. So, yeah, so now they're like, he's Sarge is still ramming the fucking back of the prison uh, bus. Luke has managed to get into the driver's, driver's seat, so he's conducting everything here. Uh, they get far enough away where Sarge is no longer throwing grenades in. Did they actually? No, they kill him there. And so they're driving along the cliffside, and Luke's telling Ronnie, hey, we're going to have to jump out of this bus. I can't jump out of the bus. We're going to have to jump out of the bus. We'll do it together. Okay, we can do it together. So he opens the doors like a normal bus would have that beautiful lever. You pull it open. She's getting all ready. She's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And so he just sticks his leg out there. He says, we'll do it together. Well, yeah, Yeah. I said that. But what he's doing is he's faking her the fuck out. And he turns a little bit away from the cliff because they are driving right on the cliffside. So he gives her a little room to tuck and roll. And he just shoves her uh, ass out there with his boot. Somehow 74 gets shot. Okay. I'll take over this. I'll be the Luke driving the bus here. So now we just got the two of them. We got 74 driving. We got Sarge. He gets his grenades back out. He's going back to his baseball days. He's hanging out the window. He fucking chucks a grenade forward. He managed to throw. They got to be going 50 miles an hour or so. So think of how fast he has to throw that grenade to get it to catch up because he hits the back wheel of uh, Luke's bus. 
and so it blows out the wheel. It flips over on its top yeah. side. And now it's like T-bone position for right. them to ram it, and they're going to push it off. John Luke, there it is again. <laughs> John Luke, it's on the fucking bus. Again, yeah. Well, yeah, now I'm just doing it on purpose because, like, yeah, whatever. So he gets on top of the bus. He's like taking his time with this and everything. Manages to run onto the hood of uh, Sarge's bus, and he shoots out 74. So now he no longer can break, and they're about to go over the cliffside. Right. And Luke just runs straight across the, the bus and rolls off. And bus goes over. Sarge is going down. Seventy four is going down. So it's we're like, like it's it. This is it. it. The movie's over with. So there, they meet up. They hug each other. Then freeze, dirt bags, and it's that cop again from the front of the the, the, the thing. Oh, and he cannot wait to stop and frisk. He doesn't know which one he wants to frisk more because he sees the fucking glutes. His pants are torn, so his glutes are just hanging out. Right. And he's like, I don't this know is, if I want is, those cakes or those cakes, like. The fifth ass scene of JCV, dude. Yeah, he's like, I thought I was a hetero man, but now seeing this ass, I don't know what I am. I maybe I'm bisexual. I'm gonna I'm gonna get a fistful of double cakes. And just when that he was, thinks that's my favorite Clint Eastwood Western, fistful, fistful of, of double, double cakes. <laughs> <laughs> so just when he thinks he's gonna get his double cakes, he gets his just desserts. Because Ronnie turns the tables on him and fucking delivers an elbow, and then she gives him a stunner. Wow. And then they get the keys, they unlock the shackles, and they decide that they're going to drive. I'm taking you home. Ronnie, Ronnie sets them down and goes, I'm taking you home. Buckle up, buddy. Buckle up! It comes back So around. now it's like, they're just like, now, no, no, I take it, everything I said back. It totally makes sense. The chemistry is perfect. They're totally bonded over seatbelts. Yeah. Seatbelt <laughs> etiquette. <laughs> well, what do you think we bonded over? Seatbelt etiquette. Um, and so, okay, she is wanted for murder. She didn't do it, but she's wanted for murder. It's all over the media. I'm thinking Thelma Louise right now. They're in a fucking cop car. Yes. Somehow, they drive all the way across New Mexico and Texas to go to Louisiana, the bayou, where his parents live. And they never get caught. They take all the hitcher back roads. Yeah. All the hitcher back roads. Yeah. So thank God there's so many abandoned gas stations there that could fuel them. Right. They pull up. His family's been on their family farm. There's the probably back. like a hitcher guidebook that every like creep has, and they found one. Dude, I would love to believe that. I'm. Oh man. Every back road that you need. There's probably just like ruined out places, or maybe like in the weird like porno pit stop type places where they have like the trucker atlas, you know, the hitcher atlas, if you yeah. will. I like the idea of this. So they get back to his old uh, day family. five. Day five. They oh, let us da- know that. Thank you, Murray. Day five. They get back to the family. That was day four, right? So, or was that day three? Because they just traveled three <laughs> states. Texas alone would take you like forty hours they to drive. They know the magical hitcher routes, <laughs> dude. Did they find an Elon Musk? There's like, there's tunnel? like, is there's like a coyote like painting of it, like a that, tunnel that, that had they to go be it. through it, and they're like magically thousand miles. Right? Had to be it. You're right. You're yeah. right. When you're right, you're right. And so right. now they're in the bayou, because. Because Jean Claude's character always has to wind up in the bayou to well, yeah. explain the accent. It also helps when they drive by and they have like the kids with the lemonade stand, but they're just doing scoops of gumbo. Yeah, those are great. I yeah. stop every time. Every, every time. time I'm in Louisiana, New Orleans. Yeah, I stop at the side gumbo. Guys, they don't usually stands. have bowls for you, so you got to bring your own bowl or use a hat in a pinch. 
Or you cup your hands. Is that or good? Cup your hands. Is that good? <laughs> so he comes home, and then of course this is twenty five. He th- still thinks it's nineteen sixty nine. You pointed this out. Mom comes out. <laughs> she's got a thick, you know, accent. Like, is that my boy? But then Dad comes out. Hey, hey there. How you doing? How's it going? Uh, I'm not. I'm not Cajun. I'm just regular. Are you really my son? Mama, papa, you're so old. <laughs> They're inside, and Luke is just looking at all the pictures. There's pictures of him in the army, they and like Sarge is in there. Still got his bedroom, like a shrine, and all that shit. Yeah. Got the Jimi Hendrix poster to let you know it's 1969. Fair Fawcett, that one. <laughs> well, that'd be a little later, but oh, it, maybe okay. maybe Dad was like, I think he would like it. He puts that up. <laughs> That's how we got away with it with Mom. <laughs> so, yeah, he's realizing that he's lost 25 years of his life. Yeah, and he's sitting down with Ronnie. And she's like, well, cheer up. You look pretty damn good for 50. God damn, you got the glutes of a 20-year-old, and you're complaining? Like, come on, you got a second lease on life. So she's like, okay... She gets off the phone. She's like, I called some of my friends in the media. They want this story. Well, yeah, of course they do. So I'm going to meet up with them. I'm going. I don't know where she's going. Back to L.A. I don't know where the fuck she was going. I'm guessing L.A. I, 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 maybe an airport to fly back home. Well, she's wanted criminal. I think she can get on a plane. Right. And so Luke is about to have a crisis of character. And she's like, I, I, that's too heavy for me. I'm a, I'm a roaming woman. I'm a gypsy woman. And... You know what? I appreciate that about her. She's not like, I'm going to stick around and fuck this 50-year-old who has a 20-year-old's body. She's like, I'm going to fuck Yeah, that out. was the thing. She's like, 50? Ew. I don't want to fuck a 50-year-old. I don't think she wants to fuck anybody. I think she just wants to keep up her journalistic integrity, Murray. As a couple of the greatest investigative journalists of our time. The Woodward and Bernstein of podcasts. I, ju- I just agree with this. I get it. Okay. So she's like, all right, well, I'm going to get out of here. You know what? You know what's really funny? It's been two whole days since I've had a cigarette, and I don't want one. Sometimes life is just cool. That's her. Right. That's that. He. That's the one thing he left her. He's like, cigarettes are bad. Yeah. So she gets in the the cop car, and she's like, ah, "Where the fucking keys?" She checks the fucking visor because that's where you put the keys. Right. Where a normal person puts their keys. Storm no. is just plowing down now. Missing something. It's our boy Sarge. He went off a cliff. At least put like a have like a fucking some some damage Nothing. on him. Nothing. Apparently, he found an ice bath on the way <laughs> over Apparently. here. Apparently, and he got over here. Maybe just he loaded quick. the back of Goliath with ice. We don't know. And it has like super cruise control, or it survived the fall. Just, he just got a bag of frozen peas and put it on <laughs> his. His eye was like the Terminator. And he just put it on there. And this is not a good time healed. for it. We've already gone way so uh, long, yeah. but. Have you watched any of the sequels? No. Because neither have I. I've only seen this movie one time. We did do a month of terrible sequels before. This might be a reason (laughs) to bring that back and do... Terrible twos? Yeah, the terrible twos. And we might need to do the terrible sequel of this. It looks rough. We'll we'll check on how well this episode does, which I think it will do well for us. So, yeah, he he takes uh, uh, Luke back to Ronnie... Okay. <laughs> Wait, I'm, I'm Murray's a, lost again. Yeah. So Luke is still just inside, <laughs> just looking at all of his trinkets, playing with all of his old Play-Doh and everything. When suddenly, like the lights go out, and he hears a pl- plate fall, and he's just like, "What is going on?" He rushes into the kitchen. There's just a fire on the stove. It's an electric stove, but it's on fire now. Like, what the fuck? Just I thought it was a wood here? stove. Was it an electric stove? I it, saw electricity. 
Okay. Well, either way, even if it was a gas stove, it's a gigantic fucking flame. So yeah. it makes no sense. It made no sense at all. This is like David Lynch and imagery like, here. Mama, papa. And he's, their parents are gone, man. The gumbo's on the floor. That's, like, right. that's not where they leave it. I mean, Daddy loves to eat it out of the cups of his hands, but he never goes <laughs> to drop. So he goes out to the barn out back, and our boy fucking Sarge is there. Yeah, outside the barn. He's not in yeah. the barn. But, yeah, he's he's there. He's got all three. He's got the parents tied up, and he's got uh, – what's her name tied up? Yeah she's, yeah, she's tied up to something. She's tied up to a, a wood chipper. She was tied up near it. She yeah. put herself near the wood chipper to try to get loose. And his parents were like, like – like in the doorway of the barn, like tied up. Yeah, and guys, we're going back to it. We've seen this scene three times now. A butt Luke, shot again? A butt shot again, no. yes. Yeah. that's There you go. Luke comes out, and he's got his parents just stationed on their knees, and they're looking up at, uh, at Sarge, who's got a gun pulled out. Soldier, come over here. We got a couple of traitors. And he starts dropping some hard racist language. He's mm-hmm. using the G word. Luke obviously refuses because he's offended by that. Yeah. And he just starts fucking doing the prettiest kicks we've ever seen on fucking Sarge. He's punching. He's kicking. He's doing it all. Sarge no selling any of it. And he just grabs Luke and hurls him across the fucking, you know, like 20 feet. Right. And he goes through the barn doors. And so now the fight is it's a it's a barn room blitz. Should have taken your medication. And then he whips out the fucking cocktail of monster energy drink Red Bull with a dash of rock star. You know, that dash is the killer. That's the dash. That's the one that turns into that gray, disgusting magmination. He's just like. All right, kid, let's go. He's just he's just fucking throwing him around like luggage. He's, he's manhandling him. He's beating the tar out of him. He takes him back out, and he finds that, that cop car they came in on, and he bashes his head through the window, and then he starts just bashing him into the fucking door, and he just drops him there, and he's just, like, celebrating over the you know this glory. And he wants Ronnie to see this, so he takes Luke up to Ronnie. I think it's because he's going to kill Ronnie in front of Luke because he's a cruel guy. That's what it was is he gets his gun out, and he's, get, he's like, all right, here we go. We're going to shoot your little friend here because you know why? She's a traitor. She kneels during the national anthem. So, like... Fucking Luke is dead on his feet. He's, he's got. He's holding them. He points the gun at Ronnie. Meanwhile, Ronnie's got that wood chipper. She's grinding she's, the ropes she's on the wood chipper. She's almost out. She's so close. And then he goes, "Here he goes!" And click. I ran out of bullets. He literally said it like that, which took me out of the moment. <laughs> moment. Yeah, it was kind of. It was a bad delivery there. And it's, by, it, and, it's supposed to be like a chaotic evil type moment, but it doesn't uh, scan at all. And by that, when he says that, Ronnie was so disgusted by it too that she finally gets through the breaks through the ropes and she just starts running. And oh my God, we're doing it again. We're going back to the beginning of the movie. It's the heavy rain. It's the mud. It's uh, getting sunk in. I was getting heavy cyborg vibes off of this. That too, because it was the rain fights, just like cyborg. It's the exact same scene. I actually was like, wait. Isn't this the same scene from Cyborg? It is, with the car fight and everything. So Luke goes, run! And then she starts running. But she stops and goes, wait, what did you say? <laughs> huh? I can't understand. You got an accent. You got to speak more clearly. Speak 
clear. Do you understand English? And then we get a close-up in Sarge's hand, and you see him, and he's got a hand behind his back, and he's gripping it, and he's leaned over like a pitcher just looking in. And then he pulls the pin, and he delivers the fucking fastball. Holy shit. We're seeing the first scene all over again. This grenade lands right, right at Ronnie's feet. It explodes. Right. The truck next to her explodes. <laughs> right. It's this huge fucking explosion. So you're like, well, she's, Ronnie's dead. Yeah, she's dead. And the family truck's dead, too. And no! So he just loses his shit and just starts hauling off roundhouse left, right. Tippy-tap, 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 body blow, body blow. Put him away! And he goes for the uppercut. But no, Sarge grabs that fist. No, it's not enough. It, he just uh, he hasn't had a Red Bull injection in week, well, four days. <laughs> we know exactly because of the movie told us, four days. Who knows and, the last time he's been on ice? So Luke, and he notices that he sees that syringe of the old cocktail. Yeah, so he changes from, he, he, you know what? He wasn't being like water. So he's like, oh, my God, I got to channel my Bruce Lee. I got to channel my Bruce Lee. So he gets backed up. And he starts playing the Bruce Lee game. He's flowing like water now. And he's eluding blows and punches and kicks. And then he reaches into that vest and he gets the Red Bull. You know why he needs that? Why? Because he's not enough strong. He's not enough strong. We're bringing it back to Lionheart, everybody. <laughs> yeah. We That's the like fifth Lionheart reference <laughs> in this movie. And so, uh, by the way, uh, uh, Sarge does not know that he has it. So he gets like he, I think he gets like thrown into like a manger or some shit, like a stall, and he's like, "Say good night, asshole." And then we see John. Oh, I'm seeing John Luke. <laughs> Luke fucking does the old heart punch, and he's and he's like, "Good night, asshole." And then he just fucking now he's super juiced up, dude. So he just starts now. Sarge is feeling this shit. Yeah, he's just fucking. Tippy tap, tippy tap, tippy body blow, body blow, uppercut, uppercut, put him away. Yeah, and he's just backing Sarge up into the wall, and then he fucking drop kicks him through the wall, and it's just fucking exploding wood everywhere. And then he backs him up, you know, he, he's telling him, You're dead. Or was that Sarge who told him, You're dead, soldier? Yeah. Like, yeah, no, it was Sarge who goes, You're dead, soldier. Because now he realizes what's up. Right. He realizes he he's got not going to toy juice. with him anymore. Exactly. No, I am alive. And he backs up Sarge to the wood chipper. And now now that he's done every other move, he's got to hit him with the, the roundhouses. And these aren't sweet stand roundhouses. <laughs> no, they go above the waist. Exactly. They connect directly to the face. And it's, he's like, it's, it's, this is it. It's the, the curtains for fucking Sarge. And he does that final fucking kick. Sarge just lands on that fucking wood chip, right? I don't, this is the most bizarre wood chipper I've ever seen. It's it got was a intense. Lot of spikes. Those spikes are like 18, 25 inches long. They are big spikes. So we get this dramatic Christ-like scene. So we get the zoom in of one spike going through the palm of the hand. Yes. Very fucking Revelation Road there. I think this inspired the whole trilogy of Revelation Road. All right. I'm, I'm with you. And it's like he's dead. That's it. Over. Yeah. Movie over. But you got it. Like every movie, got to inspect the body. Well, he's got to check sure. the pulse. Right. So he goes and checks, and you don't get close to the Sarge. Because the Sarge grabs him with his good hand, and he's, they're, they're fighting. 
Well, he's pulling him in, so Luke has to fight back with his neck strength, try right. to get away from him. Because he's pulling toward a spike. Yeah, exactly. And then fucking... Um, I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> There's just a moment where Luke takes control again, and we get a close-up of an elbow breaking. Oh, yeah. I forgot that. And then he sticks the elbow to a spike. He does a cigar on him. Yes. He does. It's 100% a cigar move. Then he skewers the elbow on a spike so he can't move. And then he hits the power button on the right. fucking chipper. And he goes, you're discharged, Sarge. I like the rhyme. Yeah. And I think he should say Sarge is feeling chipper, by the way. Because he get well, we see all the flesh just start flying out of the end of it. So the, the Sarge is he's just he's a he's a, he's a man witch now. <laughs> so mom and dad is safe. Luke's got to look for Ronnie. And lo and behold, not a scratch on her. Not even a. F- we just saw a grenade land in her feet <laughs> and blow up. The brain was playing tricks on us, apparently. Yeah, I mean, uh, what's it called? The the, the clear water. Creedence Clearwater Revival They have a song about that Who started the rain And there's a whole imagery About a woman Nearly being killed by a grenade At the right moment She tuck and rolled Dodged all the shrapnel Had to be Had to be So she's like Oh Well where's Where's Sarge at Around Oh John claude And then they embrace And we just go right to the credits Well they're not gonna do anything She's not into him No I mean she grabbed his and, dick the one time. We know he probably has no sensation in his penis, so what, what's the point? You know? As far as we know, yeah, he doesn't give a shit. What is he get? Is he just going to hang out here with his family? Yeah, apparently. Make up for lost time. Work on the farm. Work on the farm. Grow the mullet out. Get the coop rearing. And then he's going to do the quest. Right. Which came like four years later. All right. There you have it, Universal Soldier. Maybe we'll do some of the sequels. But next week, it's Griff, this is November. You know what that means. That means Thanksgiving. And you know what that means? That means turkey. So we got the perfect movie for next week. Because, Griff, before you can eat a turkey, you must shoot a turkey. So we're going to be doing a little obscure movie from Australia called Turkey Shoot. Or you might know it as Escape 2000. It stars Golden Globus Theater Favor. We haven't talked about this guy in literally Three and a half years because it was one of our first movies, Life Force. We get the perfect coked up Steve Rails back. Love it. This and this is a this is a this is probably our seventh movie where people are being hunted. Probably because we're this, but this is different. There's a twist. It's set in the far off future of 1995. Oh, good future. Where individu- individuality is being crushed. You must conform, and if you do not conform, you are sent to a prison. Where they where they re- re-educate you, but if you if you're like Steve Rails back and you cannot be broken, you are given an offer. You can be freed if you can de- if you can deal with the hunts. If you can escape the hunters, you can be freed. So that's that will be in Turkey Shoot next week. And another thing, and if you're a, you're a true fan of ours, you'll 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 be checking this out tomorrow. I will have something very special for our Thanksgiving episode on our Twitter. So if you follow us, you'll know what's going on. If you not, if you don't, you should be following us at G and G Theater, and it's something you're going to really be excited about. Because usually for Thanksgiving, we let you guys pick the movie, and we're doing that as well. But we got a nice little twist on it. So I want you to tune in tomorrow. It'll be up for a week. Make sure you vote. See you next week. I'm so fucking tired. Keep it warm. <laughs>